This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Angel Audio Productions, providing audio reproduction for 25 years. Find us online at www.angelaudio.me or on Facebook at Angel Audio Co. On this episode of the podcast, we talk with Chris Lay and Keith Collins about rules, personalities, psychology, business, sociology, and technology. Also in this episode, we'll introduce you to this sound. All personnel stand clear. 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 All clear. Proceed with caution. When this sound is heard, we have secured the content from the public forum. Please enjoy the inserted advertisement. We hope you enjoy this episode of Hi, my name is there now it's recording i had to change the microphone so uh we're gonna start this hi hi my name is shane <laughs> this is the podcast that's not how i started uh here with me are uh now see my brain is keith and uh chris chris thank you <laughs> this is a, this is going well yeah we'll get started right away start again and action. Right. Uh, that's a good thing about digital recording, and I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind my mistakes. I really don't mind my mistakes. Uh, I've made a lot of them, and I will continue to make mistakes. What's a mistake? Right. Never had. No. Uh, and uh, as you guys will learn, what we're doing here, uh, as the podcast goes out, you'll already be advertised on it, right? So right. like. On it, you're, you're who you are, you know, and like what you do if you want it, like your thing will be written on there. Or you can just say, hi, my name is Keith, right? You don't have to say anything else about what it is you do. Uh, we're here to talk, right, and hang out. Uh, that's kind of what I wanted, was a, that barroom talk, you yeah. know, re, but with people More who organic. aren't just hammered and making shit up, <laughs> you know? like Oh, you're not supposed to be hammered? Well, you don't have, you know, I would rather, I would rather people be somewhat on the level. <laughs> oh, shoot. We're going to have to filter We're going to have to come back tomorrow. Yeah, well, don't, don't incriminate yourself, though. I'm talking about Keith. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you know. Well, you and there's tell. a large population that enjoys day drinking as a hobby. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And you may be able to connect with those if that is a thing. <laughs> that could be your thing. Uh, Do you like to day drink? I'm fans of them. All personnel stand clear. All personnel stand clear. All personnel stand clear. This security interruption to the podcast is brought to you by Story Vault. Story Vault, where your loved one's stories can be securely stored and then viewed by those you choose. Story Vault, securing the memoirs expressed by the cherished. All clear. Proceed with caution. Keith is the guy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm fascinated by the whole podcast world. I want to start one. I want to do one. I've got an idea. I've got a concept. I just don't know how to do the machinery. Great. I, mean, I know how to do. Here's our. Here's tea. Your, here's Hi. Tea. Yeah. Right Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Miss. You know, on the uh, on the editing and whatnot. What do you use? Do you use like what are you using? Are you using GarageBand? Are you using something high end? I use, uh, and it's probably I make it somewhat harder but somewhat easier because I use DaVinci Resolve. Okay. Which is uh, a video editing program. Gotcha. But the 
the audio editing in that video credit is really good. They, okay. it, um, it's able to cut and paste really easy and I can see it. So if I'm doing video at the same time, like yeah. I load the video at the same time. Gotcha. So if this audio is better here, then the video, then the video will match up and I can just put the audio and video together. Gotcha. Uh, I didn't hit record on this. See, that's the How's other thing. How's the lighting? Are we it's, good? No, it's horrible because you guys are behind it. Well, let's fix that. Right. Ah. Or we change spots and I do it from this way. Right. Is that better? Nope, no better. Let's just switch sides. Right. Switch sides. You gotta have a soundtrack, which I do. I have soundtracks. There we go. When we're doing that, you have a soundtrack that goes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a royalty thing, so. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be careful. It was like 15 seconds, and you don't have to pay the royalties or something like that. One of the things he was telling me about too is he can edit, like he has ways of editing stuff behind you in the, on the video oh. as well. So. Like green screen. All right. Nice. So I thought that was yeah. cool. So you could have whether it be the iPad logo or That'd be fun. Nancy Cross and ID Shield. Well, yeah. What Keith and I were talking about just before he rolled up was something along this idea, right? My house, and that's why I actually proposed it yeah. earlier, my house is set up. Um, a condo, and it's basically you walk in the door here, and you guys can't see this, but you can see it's on video. Uh, and there's a day bar that's right here, like this. <laughs> Keith's favorite place. Uh, a day a, bar. There's a. Uh, <laughs> He's won me over already. There's an oven right here. This is a little area. There's two stools right here. Along this wall right here is a 70-inch television. Two speakers. This is on a mount that comes out and can be swiveled like this. Oh, so you and can I put can something put the behind logos it. Ah, the brilliant. It. I can throw. You can throw um, airplane or uh, you know something from your phone if you wanted to. Oh, cool. My network. Let's see. So you have like a video playing behind you, yeah. not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. And it's got. I've got lighting. You know that uh, I have a pendant lighting above everything here, so that it you know, lights your face while you're sitting. And I got back lighting behind. Uh, I also want to, at some point in time, basically be able to come in and record that, like you said. Sure. Go, um, here's your story, right? We're just interviewing, telling a story, whatever else. If you want to cook food, you want to have coffee, you want to do whatever else, cool. Do it. Yeah. You know, here's a camera, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so if you're, you know, your people are this person, you know, okay, we'll bring it over, here's some space, we'll just clean out a little bit of space, move it around, and show me what you do. Okay, gotcha. cool. And cool. it's easy, because it's just, so editing after that is just, so it used to be harder, where you, everything now is on this little chip, Right. I pull it out here, I throw it on the computer, ingest it in, I give it up to tell me where we started normally, yeah. you know, I'll find it on here when we all sat down, but line up all the things and you just put it all together. Okay, cool. Then the creativity comes with how to use the content that you grabbed. Right. Because all of this is just raw footage. It's all stuff. And I, like me bumping that, right? Right. Okay, how do I go back and raw. fix that? Well, I cut that away and bring that back, you know, things like that. I feel like we should be uh, very relaxed during this. Just relax. Well, that's, you have to 
So that, yeah. you, don't, you don't see it the way that I see it, right? You don't see it through the editing lens that I have. Right. You may have something in your brain about how you want to be portrayed, right? But you can't, you're not looking at it through an editing lens. That's you're true. looking at it in our real world vision of it. Right. I see myself focused in on your face when you start talking about something. I see a, sorry for your viewers. <laughs> I, see a, I see a title about your name and what you talk about. I see a cutaway that talks about where well, I guess I should have dressed up for this occasion. I, Here you got to see well, for you. When, when somebody says podcast to me, I go, okay, good. Okay, so that's one of my... <laughs> so one of my here's one of my questions for you. So uh, what is your idea of a podcast? Or what is your idea of podcasting? Like, as, as you think about it, how many do you listen to things like that? Oh, I listen to quite a few. Um, I'm a fan of uh, quite a quite a diverse array of, of podcasts. So like history podcasts, I like humor podcasts, um, I like business podcasts, um, educational podcasts. So I listen to quite a few. I probably have like 30 that I subscribe to. So at any point I can, you know, whatever hits me that day, I'm like, you know what? I want to hear a little humor. So I'll just pop one of those on and listen to it. Um, what I enjoy about a lot of podcasts, like the interview style type podcasts, are you know typically the uh, the person doing the interview, somebody that I, I follow or listen to anyway, um, and I know that they're they're interviewing interesting people, uh, whether it's people from their past that they know or people that are uh, leaders in an industry or whatever it might be. You know, I know that they're pulling in some pretty decent talent that I can listen to and learn from and. And Glom, um, I love history podcasts from the standpoint of hum, uh, humorous history podcasts. You know, it can't be just uh, and, and Attila the Hun said no. That's boring. Not like when we were yeah, in school. Exactly. Attila the Hun said. There's a great one that I listen to. It's called Time Suck by Dan Cummins. He's a he's a comedian. Have you heard that? Yeah, really, oh, I love it's it. Really good. I mean, it's absolutely hilarious. And he does a very cool thing. He does a timeline where he he basically goes through the timeline of the events and 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 then uh, he recaps it. And, I mean, he just does a great job and adding in humor throughout the entire thing. And those are fun to me because not only am I getting the historical information because he's researched this pretty well, wouldn't you say? When yeah. you listen to him. He's researched them pretty well, and, and but he's also adding in some humor around it at the same time, so it makes it enjoyable. It's not just dry type stuff. Um, listen to Gary Vanderchuk. Vaynerchuk. How the hell do you say that kind Vaynerchuk. of Vaynerchuk. Yeah, whatever. I like Gary V. We'll go with V. Uh, I like listening to him um, from time to time. Sometimes his podcasts are a little wacky to me because it's like and today we're gonna listen to gary talk to his plant and gary's like you know plant i, I don't even know who he's talking to because you can never tell and he's just proselytizing himself it's kind of interesting but you know those are good too because you get to hear from somebody who really understands how to network how to market that kind of stuff uh and build you know a, a community around him so for me, podcasting should be something where I, I do get a lot of enjoyment. There is that educational element, um, and when I'm listening to it, it's uh, it, it's keeping my attention, it's drawing me in. If it's boring, it doesn't stay long on my uh, queue. Let me put it to you that way. So, uh, well, it sounds like you find a, a good amount of personality with it. Like yes, you, you identify yeah. with that kind of. Uh, do you think you learn better? How do you think you learn better as a, as a person? Do you think you learn better 
Well, I mean, if you're talking about different styles of learning, I'm an I, le- I learn auditory. Yeah. I mean, if somebody I can I can sit in a lecture hall and listen to somebody lecture, and I'll learn quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but I also know that if they're not if they're not engaged, if they're not somewhat passionate about what they're doing, if it doesn't seem like they want to be in the room and they're just monotone, it's not going to do anything for me. You know, I, I like somebody who's actually involved. Yeah. 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 So. You like teachers that are involved. Yeah, like involved. anybody who's, they, who's, they like who's a little passionate about what they do. I mean, even if you, I mean, if you go to a church and the pastor is just very dry, uh, it's the same message as the pastor who's passionate. But the pastor who's passionate, it just seems to hit home more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so whenever you're you're talking about any subject, if there's passion behind it, I think it excites me a little bit more yeah. to want to listen to that person. I believe that they believe. In what they're talking about, and they're excited about what they're talking about. So, I think that's one of the things about having a podcast that uh, you know I liked. That's you know how I got started. In yeah, it was that I uh, I had a I had a desire to talk. I felt like I wasn't being able to be heard. Oh, you're married too. No. no. Oh, hey. No, I'm it's kidding. DNLA, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just disclaimer. <laughs> Just the opposite. Never been married. Yeah. Uh, I actually uh, never been married. Never had kids. Had a life that I could do whatever I wanted to. Oh. But never felt like I ever got married. One of those guys. Yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> no. It is. Actually. Again, disclaimer number two. <laughs> uh, it is as nice as uh, you'd like it to be. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I'm I'm trying harder to make it nicer. <laughs> uh, and you can do it. Like anybody can do it. It's not like you know you. Have to be a single guy who's never had anything tied down to be happy and free. It's oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I'm kidding when I say that with the whole you must be married when you said I'm never going to listen oh, to. But that's not, that's. It's, it's a joke. It's, it's a joke to some people and to other people. It's real. Oh, it could be very real. Yeah. You know, and that's I suppose. The, and I go, okay. <laughs> you know, like, if you look at it from my side, yeah. you know. Well, that, that's why I think this is such a good compliment to our like the networking as well is because like even just sitting down with you like we talked at David Mark's open uh, grand opening yeah. there and I knew somewhat about you knew, knew that you did the audio but then when we sat down and we started talking about conspiracy theories and what? like there's there's people ruling, ruling the world that yeah. we don't see it's like okay like this guy has a lot more to him than he's just like the audio guy. Well, thank you. Because right. that's a, you know I, that's like I said that's why I started because I just started talking to myself out loud. I started recording it out loud and uh, like talking to the plant. Yeah. It was the same thing. I needed something to talk to. <laughs> I, was, I was at home and the internet was failing. Uh, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting quality people to talk to. I wasn't getting, you know, good things. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to start turning off all these things that my attention goes to that aren't any good, that aren't returning anything to me. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on the thing that is returning something. Me. <laughs> and I know people go, well, that's egotistical. And, that's the, and I go, yeah, you should try it. You should really try it. Take time to look at yourself and go, well, uh, the only thing that's doing anything for me, primarily for me, is me. Until I allow other people to help, right? Well, it kind of speaks to the concept of your, your biggest critic. The voice you hear most often is the voice you speak to yourself. You know, people that have negative self-talk, people that spend a lot of time uh, being really self-effacing, people that uh, 
you know, I heard something the other day, if you don't toot your own horn, nobody's going to toot it for you. I mean, the fact of the matter is we, we have got a lot of people in our society that say, well, if you are the slightest bit self-centered, um, you're, you're not a good person. That's not true because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't possibly help somebody else. Why do you think when you're in an airline and they talk about the, uh, the mask coming down, they say, put yours on first before you help the kid because you're not going to do any good for that kid by being passed out. Being self-centered is actually a good thing. It is a good thing in certain contexts. And well, I think it's a, it's a good thing pretty much across the board because if you're self-centered, if you're self-aware, if you're taking care of self, you can do so much more in the world around you. So it's not a selfish thing. I don't, I don't find it to be that at all. And I like what you're saying. You know, I started realizing this, the person that made the most impact on me was me. And that makes perfect sense to me. Totally aligns with, you know, the, the idea of taking care of yourself first, growing yourself in order to be the best you can be. So when you do show up, you're the very best you can be for others. And I had very ulterior motives in me when I did that. Well, and that was what? To build a big audience or to... Uh... Uh, the old honesty? To get yeah. laid. <laughs> it's that kind of podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, and all, well. When I started, when I started, no, not just a podcast, the podcast <laughs> came after. The podcast came much after. Uh, when I started working on myself, I... Uh, <laughs> like I don't, I don't even really like going back there because it's it, it was bad for me. Yeah. And uh, it, it, I was uh, I guess it was six years ago. Uh, I'd come back home, pretty much lost everything somehow along the way, and uh, I quit drinking. I lost one girl that I loved, like really loved. She was like, "You're not stable." I went, "Watch." I go, will you give me a chance? And she said no. And I went, fuck you. And I go, watch. It's going to take however long it's going to take. Yeah. Just watch. Uh, and I've held myself to it. And it took a long time to get past all, all of my shit, all of my wallowing, yeah. all of my excuses, and all of my crap for coming up with stuff. I did. I still do a lot of it. Still do a lot of it. And I have to, I have to file my way through it. But. Uh, it turned into, holy shit, I got a lot of stuff that I know how to do, yeah. that I can do, that I will do, uh, to get ahead. I, I'm on this planet for a long time, I'm not dead yet. Uh, so, are we going to keep going forward or are we going to hold back? Which one are we going to do? Right. I got a long way to go, and I don't want to have to get to the end to spend you know, whatever time I got there with no life in me just dying at the end, waiting to get out of here. Makes sense. So I was like, all right, uh, how do I do that? Sit down, talk stuff out, get to know other people, start trusting new people, get out, go see what other people are about and go give them all a chance. Hear their stories and maybe that'll teach me something. I also lost 65 pounds in a year, started working out, I was in a motorcycle accident, had a concussion, you know, died things like that. There's, my story is long. Uh, that's not what this is about. <laughs> so you didn't say that in the most interesting part when I asked you that last time. So now no, I'm learning. No, no, no. See, like, that's I always not, ask that question. So, yeah. like, this is about me that anymore. You know, I'm here. I'm a part of it. Because I'm a part of it, I get to say the things I get to say. But sure. I, I'd like to hear more about 
I know how to do me. I've done me for a long time. I'm not great at it. I mean, I'm great at being me, but I'd be much better at being a better me if I knew how. And I get to do that by watching other people, learning about how they trick their way through this life. <laughs> Nobody's following the rules. Well... Nobody's following them all. Depends on the rules. Right. <clears throat> I think it's funny because, I mean, that's, that's more of a, a statement of integrity than it is a statement of maybe fact. I think a lot of people follow the rules, um, but I think a lot of people wish that the rules were in their favor at all times. And, I mean, obviously you're going to have individuals who break the rules. Rules mean nothing to them. We call those criminals in our society. Um, but there are a lot of individuals who... criminals the ones who get caught breaking the rules. Well, they have to get caught in order to do that, yeah. But uh, I think in our society, I think that the majority of individuals like the idea of rules um, because they... Rules make you even. Not equal, there's no such thing as fair, but rules bring equality in a sense. Now, we all know that there's no true equality to any of the rules. I mean, if you're a, a young black man from the middle of the city, you're going to be treated differently than a young white guy in the middle of the suburbs <coughs> when you're pulled over um, because of the, the way that society has unfortunately and horribly evolved in the way that we treat people. So there's no real equality in any of these things. And, uh, but the rules are the same to a degree. We all want the rules to be the same. We want them to be in our favor. We always want to be on the right side of the rules or we go the criminal route. I, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> so we do this, uh, this little Facebook group called I Know a Guy Slash Gal. And we have 73, 7,400 members on there. Recently, it came to light to us that there was a, a woman. Yeah, you're going to get a kick out of this. There's a woman who was using a fake profile, um, and nobody knew who she was, but yet she was a friend to people like myself and to Keith and a bunch of uh, people in our circle. She had all friended us on Facebook, and uh, I was like, "Who who is this woman? Do you have you met her? Because I've never met her. I've never met her in person, right?" Uh, we found out it was a fake profile altogether. And what she was doing, because of the way that she could manipulate the rules of our group, was she was promoting people's businesses by making it seem like she was giving them a testimonial. And really what she was doing was getting pay, I assume, from these people to put them on our group as a testimonial. Uh, fake profile, fake everything, nothing real about what she was saying or doing. Uh, I would venture to say that she probably hasn't probably even done business with half of these people, because no. how could you do business with all those people? Yeah, you know? uh, well, it's you a can't. business catfish. Yeah, it's a business catfish. <laughs> exactly what it is. Now here's a person that the rules didn't matter to her because she wanted them to be important to her. Uh, I, they, I beg to argue. I beg to argue. Well, what way? The rules didn't matter to her. She Ooh, broke no, the rules no, 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 on purpose. No, no, no. Uh, see, this is where you and I yeah, might sure. differ. Here's where we can differ, but if you if you don't mind hearing my side, let me hear it because I want to see your take on this rule breaker that is no longer part of the group. By the way, <laughs> she's no longer part of the group because you kicked her out. Absolutely. Uh, did the rule exist that she could not do what she did? Did the rule exist that she could not have a fake profile? Yes, with Facebook. <clears throat> Facebook has their rules. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, the that's where the rule breaker comes in. There's where I will allow that thing to happen. Yes. Because Facebook has a rule that you cannot have a fake profile. Exactly. Cool. That's the answer to that question. I, I, perfect. Yeah. I'm, if that's a, cause if, if there was a rule in the group where I was like, hey, you can't use a fake profile to catch fish. For me, breaking the rules is commonplace. Uh, I not because I because they never did anything for me except for stop me from doing the things that I was doing. So I didn't figure out how to get what rules them. though. All of them. All of them speeding. All of them. Uh, stopping at stop signs. Um, no, no, not stopping at stop uh, like stop lights. Well, right? stop sign is a rule. But not every stop sign is a rule. Not every stop sign in a parking lot is a rule. It's not there by law. Somebody just set it there. This is a private parking lot across the street. Like if you drive around yeah. there, it's a private parking lot. Somebody sticks a stop sign in the middle of it. It's just a sign. It's not a law. I wish I knew an insurance guy who could tell me what would happen if I ran through that. And there's consequences to going <laughs> slow down and look around. You take responsibility for right. yourself. You don't go blaring through it at 100 miles an hour like an idiot and expect that the universe is going to protect you. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that live on your own, drive through the parking lot, look around and go, there's no reason for me to stop, right? There's no reason for me to stop. There's nobody coming. I'm driving at a good pace. There's no reason. It's like a stoplight. You sit, you sit at a stoplight, and some stoplights will stop you for 30 seconds. Yeah? There's nobody coming either way. Well, it doesn't matter. Sure it does. It's a stoplight. Why would it matter to stay stopped for that amount of time there's nobody coming in either direction? Because of the consequences of oncoming cars? There's the nobody coming there, in either there's direction. There's always somebody coming. No, there's not. Right not if you stop the oh, it doesn't light. matter if, if there's nobody coming. The, light, the rule is until that light turns green, you can't proceed without the consequence of breaking the law. No, actually, the consequence of possibly getting caught breaking the law. Well, you're still breaking the law whether you get caught or not. See? No, you're not. Oh, yeah, you are. Because cops have to see you doing it. You're still breaking the law if you if you break the law. Well, you're only suffering the consequence. You only suffer the consequence if you get caught. I get that. Mm -hmm. But you're still breaking the law. The law is very clear. See, this is where in society, this is where the the equality of law comes in. You're, right. okay. you're, you're defining breaking the law as the action. You're defining Absolutely. breaking the law as the consequence. Yeah. Well, yeah, the consequence is what happens if you get caught breaking the law. You break the law. Anybody can break the law at any time. Yeah. You know? That, that's pretty much human nature to, to, to attempt Rebel. to do those right. things. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of, a lot of I mean, even when you're a teenager, you rebel against the rules of the house. Yeah. You're not breaking the law, per se, but you're breaking the law that your parents have set forth. Right. Because that law doesn't fit you, it doesn't make you feel good, it doesn't meet your needs. Regardless of whether you understand the law, agree with the law, or take part in the law, if you break it, you break it. Okay? Uh, the consequence is if you get caught. And, and here's the deal. Are you willing to accept the consequence of breaking the law? And, but, but the other side of that equation is a lot of people will break the law knowing the consequence and then say I shouldn't pay that consequence true that is true or they find a way to pay the consequence without paying it uh, there's no the mandates are different yeah in other words the, the uh, are you a proponent of uh, 
uh, minimum sentencing. Am I a proponent of minimum sentencing? So in other words, like everything, every <coughs> law that you break, if you got caught for it, you have to be charged this thing. And no matter what, you got charged this. See, this is, it's funny that you say this because my wife and I uh, have a different take on this. Um, my wife is circumstantial. She's no, no, here. this is, she's circumstantial. Minimum sentencing says circumstances don't matter. Right? Right. Because um, you broke the law. Breaking right. the law is breaking the law. My wife would say, well, the circumstances do matter. That's where and minimum sentencing the law doesn't work. Really matter. And I say to my to myself and everyone that I know who cares, minimum sentencing is to me kind of a weak way to to navigate the law. It's a, it's an easy way for us to push things through a court system. If we're talking about that, are we talking about court system? We're talking about being judged What's, for what you're doing. Yeah, because minimum sentencing to, it doesn't really apply to anything else. It applies to civil law. Okay. So let's talk about it with civil law. If minimum sentencing says that if I have uh, a, a DUI, I am immediately fined X dollars, because it doesn't really matter if I blew this much or this much when it comes to the scale, you know, small or big, I pay X dollars in a fine, I'm forced to go to uh, X number of AA meetings, I'm, uh, I'm subject to X class until I, uh, complete that program, uh, if that's minimum sentencing for DUI and I drink and drive, then I'm either accepting that that is the minimum sentence that I'm going to face if I get caught or I say to myself, drinking and driving is not worth it. That's why laws and or minimum sentencing in my mind are put in place because it says to you, this is the consequence, make your own decision. And that's really what it's saying. Make your own decision. Are you willing to pay $10,000 plus go to AA meetings, plus go to the SATOP meetings uh, and, and go without your license for a year? If you are, be dumb enough to drink and drive because it is not smart. Okay? Whereas my wife would say, well, maybe, you know, uh, and I'm not going to use drinking and driving because she would never agree to that, but she would say circumstantially, well, maybe this person was driving really fast to get to where they needed to be because their, their son or daughter was sick, and those were the circumstances behind them doing you know, 55 and a 25. Uh, and, and a cop would be like, it doesn't really matter. You did 55 and a 25, right? Correct. But to the person, to the individual, it was all justified. i got to get this kid to where they need to be quickly because they're sick or whatever it might mm -hmm. be. So circumstances to the individual might matter a lot more than it does to the law. But the law gives minimum sentencing so that you know what you're facing should you break the law. Now, whether you choose to do it or not is entirely up to you. Wouldn't you say that's fair? Wouldn't you say that's true? I, uh, if you choose to break the law, it's entirely up to you. I agree, with, I agree in saying that every choice is entirely up to you. Okay. But if you know what the circumstances, or if you know what the penalty is, if you break that law, you're accepting those circumstances, correct? Yes. Okay. So it's a good. I, don't, I, don't, I, can, I can see the pigeonhole. I know you don't yes. like it, but it's the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, this is the law. These are the minimum penalties. You're making a choice. You make that choice. You make that choice. You live with it. What's the old adage? Do the, if you can't do the, do the time, don't do the crime, right? Mm -hmm. 
Now, where I would tell you that minimum sentencing has failed us is it, it has failed us in certain types of law breaking. Um, and a perfect example of that is the war on drugs. War on drugs was a, a massive failure in so many ways because it didn't target really stopping drug use. It targeted young black men. It targeted the inner city, the urban areas. And its only, its only design was to try to stop drug dealing and those types of things happening in urban areas. Because even when there was minimum sentencing involved with that, the person who had the means and the wealth was still able to get an attorney to step in, advocate, and reduce or remove those minimum sentences. So it wasn't equal. It was not equal from way up top down. Oh, absolutely. The whole idea of the war on drugs to bring in more drugs and create addicts. Yeah. And also make pharmaceutical drugs be more addictive and make people... Exactly. All the things that go into it. Those were all ball breakers. Absolutely. Those are all law breakers. Absolutely. Those people who have no other concern for anybody else's well-being, and yet they're in charge of everybody right. else, and they're the ones that are bringing it in and making large-scale things happen, and we don't know it. Those are lawbreakers. Those of us down here who are reacting to other people's shit. Yeah. We are automatons who are caught up in their shit and having to deal with other people's stuff, like being caught into a prison system and not being able to get out because they charge you daily for things right oh, and there's so many different things like there's things like vic victimless crimes out there like you look at our college systems college athletes like can't accept money for their signature and stuff like that right or else it's considered like illegal there or they can't take money to go to a different school which is is crazy because it's like who does that hurt why is that law in place well and how much money do those schools make on the back of that college athlete no there are things See, that yeah, i look at the laws are in place are more important exactly yeah. <clears throat> well who do they serve basically right at point oh eight all right 0.08, you are two drinks in to your night if you had to leave right then to go take care of your sick kid would you go do it i wouldn't well, let me tell you why. I mean, you know, again, let me go with circumstances on my side for that type of situation. Why I would never make that decision. My 20-year-old cousin was run down by a drunk and drugged 150 feet till his death. Drinking and driving disgusts me. I wouldn't make that choice. I don't have to make that choice, thank God, because there are other options out there. Uber, Lyft, cabs. Those cabs have been around for a long time. So people, I love it when people say, well, Uber and Lyft have, have finally made it so people don't drink and drive. No, people didn't drink and, people were drinking and driving because they were too dumb to call a cab. Well, they couldn't afford to. Well, can you afford to, well, uh, what's more important? You know, excuses I mean, are excuses, I hear you. Exactly. Full disclosure, I call my rideshare guy. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, uh, so no, I wouldn't make that choice. But then again, you know, there's also the other circumstance. I'm 25 years sober. Two drinks for somebody who drinks all the time? Right. Nothing. Right. Two drinks for me? I'd be passed out on this floor because I haven't had alcohol in my system for 25 years. So again, when you think about the circumstances of the individual's choice, uh, they're still having to make a decision. And, and when they make a poor decision, it affects more than just themselves. You know, when I think of different types of laws, some laws are set because we as humans, as animals that we are, sometimes don't care about say, protecting anybody but ourselves. 
And the guy who gets behind the wheel and drinks and drives couldn't care less about your life, Shane, one bit. Oh, I can. Not one bit. Only cares about himself. I basically feel that about most people. Though. I, I, I don't think most people make those kinds of decisions on a daily basis. I, I, I think that what? people will always do what's in their best interest. I don't, agree, I don't disagree with you on that. Well, and I'd, I'd, I'd probably disagree with you uh, uh, very vehemently. So, like, I would say most people are good. Most people are good in their intent. And, like, part, part of... Because I, I kind of shared that similar view to most people are, like, out for themselves, ready to just go full, full throttle, whatever their intentions are, that's for them. Versus, I mean, like a group like ICAD kind of opened me up to it where there's a lot of good people out there that aren't just trying to do business for themselves. It's like, hey, how can I help the room do business? So I would definitely caution you to, to kind of paint a black flag over everybody, where, whereas I think there's a lot of good people out there. That's a, just a short, short, well, short return. I think that, and I agree with Keith in, the, in this sense, most people are going to... Everybody's going to try to do what's in their best interest. That doesn't mean that they're being right. selfish. Okay? It doesn't mean that they're being mean-spirited. I agree. You know, um, we have a hashtag, kind of a philosophy of what we do in life, not just in ICAG. It's called Together is Amazing. That's what my wife and I share. We share with the group. It's how we do things. Because we firmly believe that all of us together, pulling in the same direction, can accomplish great things. When you care about someone enough to refer them to uh, your aunt, uh, I use that as an example. Everybody has a favorite aunt, right? If, if you care about somebody enough to refer them to your aunt, you're doing that because you know you trust this person to take care of that person who means a lot to you. Um, and you do that without having to think about whether this person's going to pay you back or not. There's a big difference between the, the paradigm that we're talking about here when it comes to laws and the way to treat people. Um, and with ICAG, we do believe that everybody should get together, should come together, try to work in the same best interest of everybody else, and realize that it's not all just about us. But what does that do? Well, it should give you a pretty good feeling when you're taking care of other people. And happiness is a big key factor in what we all strive for. You know, I'm most happy when I see other people enjoying and being happy in life. How do I get there? Well, sometimes it's because I, I help them with business or I help them with a task or I help them with, uh, with something that's going on in their life. I think that there's an opportunity for all of us to do that. Now, when it comes to laws and those kinds of things, I don't have much say in what goes on with laws. But I do know that there are certain laws that are set in place to protect those around us. You know, for instance, the rules that we put in place on our Facebook group were not put in place to make Chris and Deanna feel better. It was to protect the members from those who would prey upon the members and do things to the members or use the members only for their own good. So we put rules in place to protect the entire community, not just to protect Chris and Deanna, because we're just a part of the community. We're not the whole of the community. Does that make sense? Yes, but I have a question to go with it. Sure. Uh, and it goes along the lines of rules and uh, why they come into play. And like you said, it's not to protect you and Deanna, per se, the two people here. It's to protect the whole crowd. Right. So if somebody were to find a way in or hurt somebody in the crowd, right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you set up a rule to no longer do that, 
then they find a way around another rule, or they find, and then you've got just a stack of rules where nobody can do anything. Because somebody got hurt, somebody got hurt, somebody got hurt, somebody got hurt. Right. And you have all these rules set up that you can't move, can't do anything, and you can't be yourself because you have to follow all these rules. You can't just be yourself, and you get down to a very pointed group of people who mm -hmm. have one mind thought. Okay. Do this. Well, I think he, he's done a good job establishing a culture because I think the culture has become before the rules where it's more self-policing. So, like, it's it's upon myself, Allie, uh, Cameron, Jenny, the, like, all the all the leaders there to kind of police the rooms, the, the in-person rooms, um, and say, okay, this person's he, not here for the best intent. And, you, and there's some judgment there, right? So it's not clear-cut, right. black and white, but you can see, okay, if this person is soliciting actively in the room and they're not trying to establish good relationships and give value to the room that's really where the self-policing and culture comes into play way before the rules ever do yeah. um, so you don't so I think the rules are a reactionary point where the culture comes first and you're really setting the tone for what's okay and what's not okay so you don't have to have those limiting rules like hey don't sell to the room that, that should be a given as you walk into the room right yeah, I mean, I like guidelines. You know, yeah. guidelines are good. People get hurt, regardless. Like, and hurt is a relative term. Is, I mean, you know, let's let's let it's squishy. Hurt to, is I squishy. Think we've gotten into this thing where rules have taken away people's ability to stand up for themselves correctly, in a way to go, uh, "I'm an okay person. You can't do that." Without having the the veil of law ruled in the way that yeah. go, here, this will protect us. And one of the things that I've heard recently, and that really kind of stuck with me, is that being an American means this: I can say whatever the fuck I want, yeah, to whomever I want, yeah, at any given point in time, yeah. Uh, basically, you can't touch me. You can't actually come across and touch me. I can say whatever I want, and there's some kind of a consequence. But you're not really allowed to assault. You could take me in, or you know, I guess call the cops, right, to say that I'm verbally assaulting, right? Sure. I don't know if they can arrest me for that because it's a I'm saying what's on my mind. Well, are, what are we it, talking about here? Are you doing it out of anger? No, if I'm just if I'm just speaking my mind, I'm not calling yeah. you anything. I'm just this is my opinion. This well, is this I'm is saying. where the butthurt society comes in. Um, Listen, you're entitled to your opinion. And I, here's something I believe wholeheartedly. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to care. I don't have to. Um, you're more than welcome to espouse that. I mean, if you want to stand out in the corner and proselytize the, the world according to Shane, go crazy. Go ha have at it. But realize that nobody has to listen to you um, and nobody has to care. Now, the individual who's walking by and doesn't agree with you that decides to engage with you and have the verbal tit for tat that's an individual who you know quite frankly uh, is looking for a reason to say this person has offended me they they want to be offended right yeah um you see it all the time on social media you see it on twitter facebook i mean anywhere you go somebody says i feel this way about x and the other person goes that offends me okay don't ever listen to me again would be my response to them. If that's what offends you, that's what offends you. I get it. You're more than welcome to be offended. I'm more than welcome to feel or think this way. 
But we've gotten to a society where if you're not offended by something, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, there's got to be a common sense. Like I was raised in the common sense culture of my parents where you don't yell fire in a, a, in theater. a movie theater. Yeah. You don't yell dead person in a nursing home and you don't yell active shooter in a school, right? You, don't, you do, just don't say those things. And like there has to be a line to which people know it's definitely not okay to do those things. And then there has to be a gray area where people can operate and everybody interprets it as their own, whether it be they get offended or they don't get offended, but it's it's not hurting necessarily anybody. It's their interpretation of her. Makes sense. Yeah. To me, I mean, <laughs> again, I mean, let's use the don't yell fire. Right. Okay. So don't yell fire in a crowded theater. Why do we not do that? Uh, because it would cause a panic to most people who are unaware of what's going on around them. Perfect. Okay. Because they've given themselves to the suspension of disbelief so heartily, whole wholeheartedly, that they quit paying attention to the world around them and quit figuring out how to get out of where they're at. The basic well, other regardless of the circumstances, people in there with you, and you should be able to get out. Regardless of how to get out or anything, you don't yell fire in a crowded theater because it causes panic. Yes. Okay. Um, and if we stop the narrative there and we say, okay, we don't yell a crowded theater because it causes panic, uh, that's enough for a, a, a caring individual, somebody who's not only concerned about their own entertainment, to go, I don't do that. Okay? Now there will be the individuals like, hey, watch how funny this is if I yell fire in a crowded theater. Ha, 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 look at me. And that, you know, what are they doing? They're only worried about themselves. Um, and the humor that they can get from that, and the small individuals that might also think they're pretty funny. Um, that to me is an individual who couldn't care less about society, they only care about themselves. Right? Yeah. Unless they're doing it as a social experiment. Well, we don't, we don't need a social experiment for certain things. I mean, I don't need a social experiment on yelling fire in a crowded theater because I already know that that's a bad thing to do. What's the social uh, Because Have you ever actually seen it in play? No, I don't have to. I, I don't have to. You believe it because you were told. And you no, I can tell you right now, it would cause panic. If it caused it panic to, to one person, it would cause panic. Well, it might cause anger. It might cause somebody to... Yeah. Um, it may cause anxiety. It may cause a lot of things. Yeah. But I guarantee if I stood up in, in, a, in a movie theater and yelled fire and ran away, I don't think very much would happen. Because most people would go, what? I'm going to go back to watching this movie. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I think we're kind of arguing about a moot point here. Um. No, I, 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 but I, you know, I, I tend to give people more benefit of the doubt. In other words, like, I like prove it to me things. You know, yeah. like, I get it. If there was a fire, the fire alarm would probably be going off. Like, we live in the 21st century where stuff runs this thing. Sure. Uh, so to, to know it, to believe it, that's, you know, that's saying that the world is okay. Uh, we've gone technologically into this world that says, hey, I get it. I also understand that, you know, yes, as animals, uh, don't spook the animals. Yeah. Don't put them in a corral and spook them. I gather that. Yeah, there's no point in doing that. Yeah. It That's what you doesn't don't serve do. anybody's purpose but your own. Uh, and, and you get, uh, you know, people, and the social experiment, though, is to watch. And those, the sociopaths are the ones who do it, the ones who stand up and yell it. Because yeah. they, are, they are watching 
what happens? They are seeing, and they are disregarding, or they are seeing and they are regarding in a fashion that says, I like that. I like the chaos that being a sociopath causes, right? Instead of going, hi, I like being here normal with everyone else. I can, uh, yeah, I can so see their that. social experiment is to literally stand up and cause chaos to see what happens. Social experiment's like a very careful word for that, though. I, I guess yeah. that's being more diplomatic. That uh, they're they're trying to trigger an event <coughs> where it causes them so, some sort of pleasure. I also believe that I'm trying to trigger an event every day that causes me the same amount of pleasure. Right, and but that you, is sitting here without being bombarded with other people's shit. <laughs> right, but your, your pleasure that's, that's, usually, usually doesn't come at the expense of somebody like Chris, right? So no, you, but my lack of pleasure comes at other people's pleasure of giving me shit. Not in, I'm not... The world in general, as they bring it to me, they go, here's all of my problems. I mean, do you, do you feel like that happens to you a lot? Oh, yeah. People bring you shit all the time? Oh, yeah. Really, why is that? <clears throat> because I know how to talk. Because I'm open and I'm, and I'm honest about who I am and how I feel about things. And so when I talk honestly about who I am and they get to know me, they tend to come back with the same honesty about themselves. It's a... Somewhere along the way I decided to not lie to people and just say how I felt. Sometimes, good fucking amount of time, it does not go with everybody else's. <laughs> And Why I do you think that is? It. I end up hiding it because I fit in better. I chameleonize. So, I so fit in on, you know, I, I can disguise myself and get around. So you're telling me that the majority of your day is having to deal with other people's shit? No, the majority of my day is dealing with my own shit. Oh, okay. Because I've allowed myself to deal with other people's shit. Gotcha. Because I've done what other people wanted me to do, or I've, I've answered the call, or I've done, you know... Why do you do the thing you do? You know, what, what, why, why, why do, do I, why do I do the things I do? Career? Why do you choose to get married to the person you got married to and raise the kids you got married to? Not raise the kids that you had. <laughs> you know the question. Yeah. Um, we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> and you're on record. No, you yeah. should have. You should have. You don't have. I'm sorry. There's no should or shouldn't in life. You don't have an, an answer to why you chose that life. Why did I choose that life? Um, I don't know that I have a, a time to give you the full answer. I mean, it's it's a masterpiece that's been painted over many, many years. Well, that'll have to be another podcast. You yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> when you think about life and the life that you build and where you're at today, I mean, I'm 52 years old. Um, the same kid who married Deanna all those many years ago is not the same guy who's sitting in front of you today. Um, the mistakes I've made in life, the joys, the triumphs, the, the hills, the valleys, the, all of these things, the, if you want to call it the battle wounds, the scars of typical everyday life, create and culminate in where you're at today. So at 52 years of age, can I look back and say that I've accomplished everything that I want? Absolutely not. But I can also say that I, uh, I've loved this journey. It's not been great. It's not been easy. It's not been the best at all times. But it's been an incredible journey, and having her at my side has been amazing throughout the entire process. Um, but to, to be able to, to just put it in a neat little package and put a bow on top of it and say, this is why I chose this, 
I can't do that. Um, I can tell you that my feelings of love at that time when I met my bride and we, I fell in love with her, um, those are pretty much the natural things that lead you to say, this could be my forever person. Um, but you know what, it's the day-to-day -day growing, being, working, having that keeps that my, every per my person every day. Um, is it easy? Uh, no. Uh, on her part, it's probably harder than it is on mine, trust me. Um, but the fact of the matter is I can't put it in a nice little package. I can't say that my kids are the way that they are because of this one thing I did or this one thing I didn't do. I can't say that my career is this because of, of this final decision that I made. I know where I'm at today, and I know I feel pretty comfortable in this skin, but I know I've made a lot of mistakes and I've made a lot of uh, errors on my way to getting here um, to be able to say this is where I'm at today. But I've learned from them. Here's the deal. The person that continues to make the same mistake over and over and over again and refuses to learn from that, they're probably pretty miserable. And they always want to blame everybody else. And they, insanity. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, that is what is that, the rule of insanity, doing the same thing over and again and hoping for a different result. You know, I, <clears throat> I'm here today. I'm having a great time where I'm at right now. I don't know what the future brings. I don't know where we're going with I know a guy slash gal, uh, you know, connect and all these things. I know what I'd like to see happen. Um, but there's a lot of moving parts that would make that happen. And my role in that and the role of those around me in, in creating that and bringing that to life um, are vital roles. So it's just not, it's not just a one-man show for me. I don't think it'll ever be just a one-man show for me. Um, so I wish I could tell you the answer, Shane, and just make it easy. Hey, I, uh, I passed that biology test in my sophomore year, and that changed my entire life. No, that's not the case. There's so many things add up to who I am today that I can't tell you how all of them have created where I am today. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what is it that... So you said you had a vision that I know a guy got the I do. I have a shared vision. Again, my wife and I are partners in this, so we talk about it quite a bit. We spend a lot of time, you know, and you can call it whatever you want. You can call it dreaming, you can call it planning, you can call it, uh, you know, hoping. Uh, you know, hope without action is just exactly that. It's hope. You know, dreams without action are exactly that. They're dreams. Um, I think each day we move a little, move the ball down the field just a little bit more through actions that we have. And uh, where do I see I Know a Guy Slash Cal going? Where do I want it to go? I want to be able to take the culture that we've created in Connect and, and the Facebook group and bring it to more like-minded people. It's not a good fit for everybody. And you know what? I don't want to be a good fit for everybody. Um, that is not the ideal life for me. Um, some people will appreciate what we do and how we do it and the culture that we've created and want to be a part of that because it speaks to them. Others will say, that's not for me. Like I met a guy the other day and he's like, uh, you know, uh, competition is the only thing I care about. And um, I said, well, it just so happens that I don't, I don't care about competition. Um, am I aware that there are competing forces out there? Absolutely. But I don't dwell on them. I don't care about what they're doing because what they're doing has absolutely no bearing upon what I can provide.
You know, I want to provide what I can provide. If they want to compete, if they want to worry about me and what I'm bringing to the table, that's on them. That's their choice. But uh, I want people to succeed across the board. You know, I, I want people to have an enjoyable life in everything that they do. You know, whether it's following the rules, breaking the rules, but as long as they're not hurting anybody in the process, man, go for it. You know, enjoy life. Um, you know, we have some rules that are non-rules in our, in our networking. Uh, you know, we have open, um, open categories. It's a non-rule. We could have three Edward Jones guys in the same meeting if they wanted to be there. Uh, would it be beneficial for all three of them? No, but they could. You know, we could have four, four financial advisors. We could have five realtors. We could have, you know, seven insurance agents all in the same room. I figure if the group is big enough, they would be pushing those things. That network thing would be like, hey, I actually do. Like, these people would, if yeah. there's enough of them, you'd have enough back coming in. Absolutely. But here's the deal. You're going to find people that you relationally connect with. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, so why do we have... No category exclusivity, you know, is that, why is that a non-rule? Because, you know, maybe somebody doesn't connect with Keith. I know it would be hard to believe because I can't find anybody that doesn't. Everybody loves you. And I like that, you know, I love hearing that. All personnel stand clear. 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 This security interruption to the podcast is brought to you by Story Vault. Story Vault where your loved one's stories can be securely stored and then viewed by those you choose. Story Vault, securing the memoirs expressed by the cherished. All clear. Proceed with caution. Group two, Keith wouldn't be upset by that because he has an abundance mentality. We all share that mentality that there's plenty of business out there for everybody. And collaborating over competing makes a lot more sense. Well, see, if you take... I guess in my mind, if you take out the competition part of it and you say, all right, Keith has five of you in the group, right? And if you take out the competition part of it and you say the five of you work as a collaboration to help all the other people that are coming in so that you're not the best one, you're the average of the five, then you're all helping. Well, and I'll go one step further. So you take a group, like the one of the original ones I joined was the Sunset Hills group and had like nine mortgage lenders, right? Nine mortgage lenders yeah. in a group of yeah. 30. But the nice thing about it is they're not competing. They're actually referring business yeah. to one each other right. because... Because they figure out who's better at what group. Right. Each exactly. one has its niche. One might be better at bad credit. One might be yeah. better at home equity. And one might have lower rates on first-time home buyers. So it's like they're tossing business around. They're not necessarily competing. They're being referral partners. And people, it gets lost in a lot of networking groups where, well, you have one mortgage lender. Why, why, why do you want two or three or four in them? Um, so it's re they really. That's where people do competition. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. Um, Instead of helping one another, they're they're fighting against one another. There, are, yeah, there could be. I mean, there are groups that have exclusivity. They have one person per category. That model works for them. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know what? That's going to be attractive to some people where they don't want to compete. They they want to be that only person. Okay, that's awesome too. I don't look down on those. I don't judge those. That's their model. That's how they do things. We just have our own model of how we do things. We're staying in our own lane. And I think that in the networking world, if everybody stays in their own lane, we can all help each other grow to the same place. I mean, you know, 
if we're all going down 270 and we're all trying to get in the fast lane together at the exact same moment, there's just going to be a pile up. But if we all stay in our own lane, we're going to get somebody in. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying you can too. And that's the beauty of it. You don't have to worry about what's going on. Like uh, today I heard of a new networking group that's exclusively for women. Okay. Great. You know, it has no bearing upon what we do. It has no negativity to what we do. I think it's awesome. You know, um, perfect. Again, it has no impact in a negative way to what we do. It has a positive impact in the networking world as a whole. That's awesome. Because again, everything helps us all to network and get to know each other better if we don't worry about those things. So what's my vision for Connect? Let's go back to that. I see us going uh, outside of St. Louis at some point, going into some other markets, some other cities. Um, we're testing the, uh, the Facebook group right now in another market, uh, and it's going absolutely stellar. Um, you know, in less than a month, they're already at 480 members, um, and that's impressive you know, for a very small market. It's a very small market, too. So we're testing the, uh, our model in other markets to see how it works, and we, we firmly believe that at some point we will be nationwide, perhaps even worldwide. What do people need to do to get a hold of you if they want to be a part of the group? They can, uh, they can reach out to us through uh, icagstlouis.com right now is the easiest way. ICAG, we'll have it on the podcast. Yep, we'll put that out there. It's, it's icaggstlouis.com is the website. They can just reach out to me directly. I mean, my phone number's out everywhere. <laughs> Who doesn't have I it? I thought you were going to recite it. I'm going to do that now. 314-566-4022. Call between the hours of 6 p.m. and 12. <laughs> yes, uh, I like my, most of my calls from 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, and if I don't answer, just hang up and keep dialing. Because nothing is more pleasant than waking up <laughs> at 2.30 to have somebody go, Hey, where are those meetings? <laughs> well, and part of it too, like for just for the podcast purpose, I would encourage people get to get out to the the groups themselves because the the Facebook group's awesome because you can get business off that, you can help give business off that. Yeah. Uh, the directory's awesome because there's nobody actively soliciting you, but when you go meet somebody in person and you have that in person connection, I mean that goes so much farther because you're learning about like like we talked about when you sit down and ask non sales questions like. Because people know what an insurance person does, people know what a mortgage lender does. They don't necessarily know about that person. Like, uh, sat down with a title person that they enjoyed hunting. You would have never even guessed that they enjoyed hunting. So connecting them that way, yeah, um, they'll figure out how to do business. Uh, so long story short, go visit the the connect locations as well. Yeah, the live meetings. We well, have I seven that's of them. What I like about podcasting is that I get we get to talking. Right? Those people who are part of this group. You guys link this to yeah. you, you know, but people that are part of your group get to know you better, right? People outside of your group, who you're marketing to, get to know more about who you are. Sure. Some people may like you, some people may not. You know, that's just how that works. That's life. That's how this works. It's right? life, we baby. Get to sit down and talk about it. <laughs> that's where the opinion comes in. We're all allowed our opinions and, and, and allowed to speak our minds to go, yep, uh, you can like me or not like me. It's up to you whether you want to be around. Me. It's also up to you whether you want to stick around. 
you know, there's a guy in town named Brian Goldman. I don't know if you know him, but he ran the Northwest Chamber. And if you walked into a room of 10 people, five people would love Brian and five people would not like Brian. Um, but if you talk to Brian, he'd be like, that's not why I do what I do. I'm not here to try to make people love me. I'm here to run an organization and provide all this value. And some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. They're not going to like, you know, some people are going to love me. Some people aren't. If I worried about that all day long, I mean, Gary Vanderchuk talks about yeah. it. I mean, Vanderchuk, uh, again, how do we say this guy's name? Vanderchuk. Vanderchuk. Um, if you worry about people liking you, you accomplish very little. I mean, that's, that's a true statement. Um, but along those same lines, I don't set out to have, I don't set out to do things to cause people to not like me. You know, um, I try to be kind, I try to be generous, I try to be open and honest. In a, in a productive and, and reasonable way. Um, and I try to give everybody a safe environment, you know, and, and again, let's think of this in the terms of what safe is, a safe <laughs> environment to be themselves. But at the same time, I have a responsibility to protect the culture of the organization that I run. Just like you have the responsibility to protect the culture of your business, you know, uh, or your family, you know, you have a culture that you're creating. So there is a responsibility that comes along with that. And some people will like the fact that we hold people accountable to that culture and some won't. And, and that's just life. You know? I can't worry about the people that won't be happy that I have this culture in place. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Uh, you said you're 52 years old. That makes you boring. What year? 1967. Makes you boring. <laughs> oh, I'm old. Yeah, you and I. That's why, uh, that's a good part. We have, we have generational, you and, you and I have direct generational conflict. What year were you born? 1975. Okay. Uh, I'm a Generation X kid right in the middle. Yeah. So for me, I am the, the middle of what it all, like I, I got the people who were starting it, and I got the people who were ending it. Yeah. I'm a part of all of it. So I'm the, I'm the quintessential part of it, you know. And part of those things are, we go against all of them. It's just the way that this generation is. And the older generation doesn't understand it. And I'm not calling, I'm not saying you're old. Plus you I'm call me old now, generation. I mean, this is going to hell. See, I'm an old soul, so I connect with both. Yeah. And well, I understand it. I, I, I totally understand it. So, so don't get me wrong. It's not as if I'm, uh, I'm going, it, it's a... You have a questioning spirit. You yeah, I, I go against the rules because I don't like why they're there. I don't like why they were put into play. I'm yeah. not sure why they were put into play because I'm watching them fail everybody. There are a lot of rules that do fail people, brother. I don't uh, disagree with you. And so I, I question why I question a lot of why people have their actions and why what motivates them to do those things. And if it's these laws and these rules, or if it's this particular set of things, and I go. Okay, I get it. That particular set of rules works to keep yeah. those people in play, or those things going the way they do. But I'm not sure how much it is helpful to me, yeah. uh, or or how much it's helpful to uh, it, until I see it in action on myself. Right? I go, okay, well, I'll, I'll keep an open mind about things. Until when I watched and followed people, it didn't do what I wanted to do, which happened a lot because I followed blindly along with a group of people that I wanted to be a part of. And when yeah. I got to the top of it, I got into it, I realized that they were all just a bunch of assholes. 
wanted me to do what you wanted me to do. That's a different thing. Yeah. It's a different thing. Were, were you raised here in St. Louis? Oh, yeah. Okay. Where'd was, you go to high school? Uh, <laughs> ah, no, I would never ask that question. I was, uh, I was born in New Orleans. Yeah. And uh, lived only for a couple of years in New Orleans. So I was yeah. one or two years old. My family moved to Ohio. We lived there for a year or two. So I was five gotcha. years old. Uh, well, Indiana and Ohio. And then, uh, at five years old, uh, we lived here. And my parents got divorced at eight. When okay. I was eight. So for those three years, we lived here in St. Louis that time forward was uh, living in St. Louis, but um, we lived in various areas, but most of my time was raised right here in West County. Okay. Uh, I'm a, yeah, preppy 1980, <laughs> you know, 80s and 90s, uh, you know. So at what point did you start questioning the norms of society? Was it high school? Uh, yes. I mean, I believe I've been, uh, from what I recall, I tried to fit into the norms of society, like I tried to follow along with them. Yeah. And I did a fairly good job, but I rebelled against them all the time. I just, that, that was all I ever did. Uh, and, and I believe that my teachers and family would tell you the same thing. He was a good kid, just didn't like to follow the rules. Or he was hard to handle. Or would question because of that. I mean, that's basically why was my thing. Yeah. You're not making sense to me. And if you talk to my brother, I have a little brother who's a couple years younger than I am, so my parents got divorced when I was eight, he was four. Okay. And for him, it was a lot different. It's a lot different. So when I talk to him about it, he goes, Yeah, all those people were just weird. And he would say, You're all just weird. And he would walk away instead of dealing with it. Yeah. Whereas I would try to fit in. I tried to make sense of the fact that everything's weird, by questioning it or trying to fit into it or putting myself into it and going, okay, I'm supposed to be here, why is it, what am I supposed to be doing? Because things didn't really make sense. Yeah. I didn't, and I can't tell you why it didn't make sense. All I can do is tell you that I didn't, I didn't feel the need to rebel, it just happened. Yeah. It's not, it's not like I just sit here and go, <clears throat> I can find all these reasons to fuck you. That's not how this works. It just doesn't. No. As I'm listening to you and I listen to you, I go, yeah, I get that. And I listen to Keith the same way. And yeah. When we talked the other day, it was the exact same. I just question where you're coming from. And I go, okay, well, continue. I'd like to know more about where you're coming from because I'm not exactly sure why that fits for you. And people go, well, now you're just questioning. I go, no. I'm actually questioning myself and why I don't fit in these particular realms or why yeah. I, you know, somebody <coughs> asked me, at, at my thing, David Marks asked me, he goes, uh, is there anything you can't do, right? And I go, it's a very good question I don't know how to answer it, except for this. There's a lot of things I know how to do. There's a lot of things I can do. I don't know if there's a lot of things or how much I can't do. I can tell you this, there's a lot of shit that I just do not want to <laughs> Fair enough. And I look at it and I go, why are we still doing, why am I still doing it yeah. if I don't have to? It's a, it's a point of thing going, I'm wasting my life, I'm wasting my time to do this thing for what? For what purpose? For the end or for the now? Or for the excitement of doing it? Which, how do we work? I don't know. Because for now, I'm still 
working through how to get to that thing. How, yeah. how do you find excitement? How, how much weight do you put into purpose? Uh, it depends on where the purpose is coming from. So ask me the question, my purpose or okay. yours? Okay, uh, yours. I yeah. mean, I, See, my purpose isn't necessarily the same as yours. Oh, I'm ho I would hope that it's not, because it should be personal <laughs> to you. Oh, no, trust me. I believe that purpose, being purposeful, being intentional in what you're doing, is an excellent thing, but it's personal to you. I mean, um, I, I come at it from this standpoint. It seems to me that you're very inquisitive about others, but you have a certain purpose in what you do for yourself that feeds you, which I, I totally appreciate. I'm not, I'm not questioning your purpose being like mine or being the same. They shouldn't be. But how much weight do you put in the purpose of what you're doing behind before doing anything? Well, up until, uh, I think, recent years, uh, I didn't. I, I didn't put a lot of weight behind mm -hmm. purpose. Uh, I went with the flow. I went with the group of people that I was around. I averaged in with everybody. Okay. Uh, and you know, if, if and it is true that you are, you know, the influence of the five closest people to you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, at, at that point, I had many, many people close to me, and none of them are really good. You know, they're all just basically bad eggs all the way around. Now, what do you mean by no good, bad eggs? Were they just uh, lawbreakers? Were they drug users? Were they uh, violent? Were they hateful? Were they self-centered? Were they narcissistic? I mean, I mean, no yes. good. Yes. All of those things. So that was kind of the group that you were with, and they were tearing you down because... Well, it came from my family. It okay. From, it came from a lot. Yeah. It came from my family life. It came from the way that I was raised. It came from... Uh, Things that were given to me, you know, about the values and uh, social norms that were given to me that I was supposed to live up to. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you get mixed signals through life about what you're supposed to be doing. When you start, as my father likes to tell me, Shane, you need to listen. Yeah, when you listen, you hear a lot of different shit. You hear a lot of different people telling you how to do a lot of different things. So I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to stop you right there for a second. Your dad said to you, Shane, you need to listen. And your face changed dramatically. You can't see it on the video, but I can. It seemed like that bothered you when dad said that to you. Was that true? Uh, because he didn't realize to me, or my dad doesn't realize that my life has been spent listening to other people. Okay. Not just listening, but taking their opinions. And, okay. And, and using them, because obviously mine wasn't good enough. My opinion had to be fought against everybody's. And who taught you that? Your dad? Everybody has taught me that my opinion has to be fought against. Why? Uh, now you're your question. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm saying why. You are doing it right now. No, I'm saying why do you? Why did they do that to you? I'm not. I'm not. Because I'm, I'm do not doing that right now. I'm trying to understand. We talked about this earlier. Um, why? Why did they do that to you? Uh. Because I question, because I because I do the same thing, because I have a, a, a voice that commands a little bit, I have a voice, not even a little bit, I know that when I get into talking, 
yeah. I tell people what to do because okay. I can see how things, and I don't know what's best for everyone. But when I get into it, I've already thought my way through this, that, and the other. So I try to just go, gotcha. <clears throat> you know, I do realize that I have that in me. And so, why do they do it? Probably because the people I've been around, I don't like. Okay. I fought against them. Uh, in other words, instead of being around people that I like, whose opinions are even to mine, or close to mine, yeah. or finding that group of people, you tried. I've uh, yeah. fought to fit into everybody else's, to make my dad like me, or my mom like me, or my grandparents No, like I mean, me. it's a common thing that most of us men go through. And because I've had to now continue to prove myself through all of my about the fact that even this stuff, you know, the things that I know how to do really well, I still get questioned. Do you know how to do what you know how to do? Yeah. Um, I'm alive. <laughs> I'm not dead. Uh, you know, I'm. Uh, I have my problems. Yeah, and a lot of them have to do, you know, with finances and other things, and I'm asking for help with those things because once I clear up those problems. Then the rest of the law breaking, the rest of the things of trying to fit in, where you're trying to get through all the things, yeah. don't matter nearly as much. Because you're following the bigger rules that somebody else has played out. The rules that people way out pointing out you can't see. But the people that are above us that have all the rules that they put into play to keep us from getting to them. So what do you do now to actively surround yourself? And I ask this just so I can steal it more for my self-growth. What do you do to surround yourself with great people around you, and how do you identify their values? That, that, that's a person I want next to me. Uh, first is I find people who, when I talk to them, they say yes. Well, just actually say yes to everything? No, nope. nope. But when I ask a specific thing, they go, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. Instead of going, hmm. I could find six reasons for you to not do that. Uh, instead of saying no, I can find these reasons not to do it. Say yes, let me help you through these six reasons. Because I don't want you to stop because that's a good idea. What if it's a bad idea, though? You wouldn't want them to not be honest with you. No, I want honesty. Sure. Okay. Sure. If but if I, it's a I'm, good idea, I mean. If I'm spouting bad ideas off, yeah. you know, say no. I get it. You know, but if it's a good idea, it doesn't go against. Your side of the standard, can't hurt somebody. I just don't want you to get ahead because that's a good idea, and I don't want you getting ahead. That's a different story. Yeah. You're, you're, Does that happen a lot? I mean, I don't. I don't know that it happens to me a lot. Does it happen to you a lot? That that I could say hey, I got an idea, and somebody's like, "Well, I don't want them to get ahead, so I'm going to tell I them." I had no. an idea, and I don't want to help you. Is more of it. Oh, okay. So. And you can call that however you want to call it. I call it competition. I call it, I don't want to help you being, I don't want you to get ahead. Gotcha. I don't help means I don't want to help you up. I'm, I'm too busy doing my own shit to help you do anything. Well, do you think, I mean, and, and this is something that I've struggled with. So I did a lot of volunteering when I was at my church. And uh, to the point where every time I turn around, they'd be like, hey, can you help on this committee? And uh, I had a hard time saying no. And it wasn't that I didn't want to help people. But it finally got to the point where I was at capacity. Well, there, if I may say, so it's not a matter of, of 
Well, of course, but they were because you know it's like they're not asking other people. They're not inviting other people to, to oh, no, do they, these things. And if they were, other people aren't showing up. So exactly. you're taking responsibility for other people's failures. Absolutely. People in well, you know the rules are are the rule of thumb in most uh, most uh, churches is the eighty twenty rule. It's more like the ninety ten. You know, ten percent of the work uh, is done because uh, you're a giving person, right? In nature. So. For me, it got to the point where capacity kept me from being able to say yes anymore. And as a matter of fact, it got me to the point of burnout to a little bit where I was like, you know what, I'm going to say no a lot more because I just, I really need to recuperate. Um, so that's where people taking advantage and that's where I think I feel more, you know, if I could put words onto what you're saying, I'm yeah. saying no, it's people taking advantage of me more often. Gotcha. Taking advantage of my time and taking advantage of my because I'm a nice person, and I allow it. This is not, I'm not saying that people do it on purpose. I'm saying that I was never taught to not allow it to happen, just to look at people and go, yeah, we're done. Yeah. I, mean, I don't care. It, we're just done. You know, I've, I've given this ultimatum and that ultimatum of what I shouldn't have to do. This is what yeah. I want. This is what I want. I should be able to have that. We would live in a world where you should. The only thing that's keeping that from happening is somebody telling you no. Yeah. I mean, and people don't establish healthy boundaries a lot. And then they feel used. They feel, you know, And that's where I was in life. You yeah. Know, I, you know, growing up, no one taught me how to do those things. I was left out. If I did get taught how to do it, it wasn't, it wasn't structured to me in a way that says, here, this is how you get through all this. You know, this is how you deal with these things. And I'm not saying there's one set of rules. I'm saying that no one took the time to teach me the sets of rules of how to negotiate through all the things. Makes sense. No, I appreciate where you're coming from on all that. Um, you know, when I look at rules, and again, we go back to this, just to kind of put a, I, I want to put a little bit of a bow on it. I look at rules as a way to protect those who will not protect themselves also. Yeah, if you don't have or certain, can't. or can't, perhaps they don't have the, the ability, that's true. Um, so sometimes rules are just there to, to keep everybody from even hurting themselves. You know, I, think I like what you're saying from the standpoint of the expl explanation. I feel like oftentimes, and I think this is the true thing. Exploitation. Yeah, <laughs> and oftentimes they would give us a rule and they would never tell us the intent behind the rule. They just say, don't do this. Did we talk about that? Right. Or they would say, do this. And I would, you know, my, my initial thought, not dissimilar to a lot of people's thought, I think, is why? That's what, the rebel. What happened here that caused you to put this rule in place? That's um, the first rebel. Oh, well, I do. I mean, I don't think that we're generationally all that different. I was a child of parents that grew up in the 60s, brother. They rebelled against everything. Yeah, so you had to deal with how they rebelled against it. You're the product of their rebellion. No, I, I don't mind it. <laughs> um, but you wanted some. Did, did you want some structure? Do you feel as if every child structure? seeks structure? If you ask so you anybody, parents that did not give you the structure, so you. you oh no, I had a dad who did because he was ex-military, and I had a mom who didn't. Okay. You know, so I had a, a good enough dose of both. Um, but every child, every individual seeks some sort of structure. You know whether. And even when you talk about groups like uh, ICAG and you talk about our, our connect groups, if there was no structure, there'd be no 
meaning to the entire process. There'd be no purpose that's driving, driving the end result. There'd be no culture to worry about protecting if there weren't certain things in place. Uh, structure is important. I mean, structure is vital. If you even go down to the cellular level, we are cellularly structural for a reason that is beyond most of our comprehension and understanding. But things always in that world, structure makes sense. It doesn't mean that it's bad when somebody says, I don't like this structure. Um, I don't want this structure. I don't want to be a part of this structure. As a matter of fact, that's their choice. It's prerogative. Um, so I, I look at rules and I say to myself, I have to have these. I live by them. I believe in them. If you don't, that's on you. Um, but you also can't casually pick and choose which rules uh, are, are going to make sense for you and uh, not for other people. Does that make sense? Like for instance, let's say uh, you're driving down the highway at 70 miles per hour, right? The speed limit's 55. You're breaking the law, right? According to you, not according to him. Well, according to the law, if the law says the speed limit is 55. Then you're breaking it. And you're going 70, you're breaking the law. And then somebody comes flying up next to you, doing 100 miles per hour. Most drivers would go, look at that asshole. He's breaking the law while they're doing it themselves. You do it every day. Every day. You do it every day. Uh, I do it too. Goes 60 miles an hour. Well, keeping because with the flow of traffic. Socially is doing the same. Keeping with the flow of traffic, baby. Well, no, the reason, <laughs> no, the reason you're not doing it is because you don't want to be the asshole to slow everybody down. Because if you were sitting at 60 miles an hour or under, yeah. because the speed limit is the top. Well, you're right. You're I mean, supposed to be between 40 and 60. Not at 60 right. or 70. Exactly. So if you were doing 55 miles an hour, you'd be the asshole causing everybody the problem. Exactly. And then, so socially, you wouldn't want the anxiety of everybody walking at you or running up on your ass or causing a problem or any of the other things. So you do what everybody else does. And what's that other driver? What's that other driver doing that's breaking the law? They're calling me an asshole because right. I'm not going fast right. enough for them. Right. That's the picking and choosing of rules. We can't have that and have structure. Okay, so do you do uh, under the speed limit every time you drive? No. Absolutely, I implicate myself. Um, but you can't pick and choose. You're not doing it currently, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm not doing it. At this particular moment, right I'm not now, driving. So you can't pick and choose and then say, I don't like rules, or rules are bad, or rules are good, and, and be arbitrary on that. Um, and, and I find that that's oftentimes the case with most of us. Even myself, everybody's a little bit of a hypocrite when it comes to the rules. At times they're perfect, at other times they're shit. Because at the times that they're shit, they didn't make me feel good. At the times they were perfect, I felt good. Is it my job to make you feel good? I didn't say you, I said the rules. This isn't personal. If I'm not it's following the you. rules, if I'm not following the rules, then I'm not making you feel good. I don't care what you're doing. But you're not going to stick around with me if I get to make the rules. I always, <laughs> I always call it moving the goalpost syndrome because it goes to like even censorship. I, I oh, yeah. It feels, goes along the same rules. If you censor yourself even 1%, you're doing that for a reason that whether it's acceptance or whatever have you seen with the rules. And if you think, okay, well, I can bend the rule to go 70. Well, maybe I should go 75. Maybe I should go 80. 
And then the same thing on censorship. Okay, well, this is hate speech. Okay, well, this offends somebody. This is just going to offend a group. We think it's going to offend a whole group of people. Can't have it. So it's like moving the goalposts. Where do you draw that line? Is it 60? Is it 70? Uh, just, I mean, there, there has to be that guideline, like speed limit being 60, where you know you can get away with 70, but like 80 is probably too, too fast, right? 90... Cops should be pulling you. Here's, here's the, the actual answer to all of this. Right. The speed limit shouldn't exist. We should actually be further along in technology now that the cars are driving themselves and we don't have to worry about putting gas or anything else in it. We should be further along now. But we're not because the structures are in place that held us all back to keep us from being there. The thoughts are there. People are already inventing cars that are run on, magnetized everything. Right? Mm -hmm. But because these systems are in play and nobody wants to break the rules to make them any better, yeah. we're sitting in the same shit. The rules just have to be changed. They're not broken. They're in place because they got put in place by people who put them there because they want these things to happen. We want to sell gasoline cars. We want to tax this. We want to do that. All these things are in play. The car will only go so fast because you're driving it, because you have to get a license. The car drove itself. You wouldn't need a license. You wouldn't have to pay the tax on the car. You wouldn't, or on the, uh, uh, you'd have to pay personal property tax. But you wouldn't have to pay to get your license. To all, you know, yeah. there's other things in play because these systems are still here through all these years. Because that's how we started. You said yourself, you are not the person you were when you started down oh, this no. path because things have changed you. It's time to change the systems. Yeah. To a certain degree, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, there are certain things that have to be changed. Um, we certain... need to move forward or we're all going to die. Your kids are going to die. We're all going to die. But the species itself has a very, very good chance of being wiped out. When? Very soon. In your life, although 52 years old... Although 52 <laughs> years old... <laughs> Although 52 years old, yeah. uh, you think your lifespan is to what? How old do you think you're old? Well, over the course of the last uh, 10 years, the lifespans have decreased in the United States. Yeah, it's because we're all fat and not eating good Exactly. Um, so, you know, if uh, based upon my family and the, and the knowledge that I have, I'll be lucky if I make it to like 75. Would you want to go further? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, good health, mobile, my wit's still about me. Yeah, I'd probably want to go further. Yeah, give money to technology because that technology will teach your body how to do that. I plan on living forever, so, so yeah, yeah. far so good. Living forever? Oh, yeah, so good. far so good. See, I don't yeah. see you. Ted Williams? No. <laughs> You'd be frozen? No, 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 no. <laughs> I think you should be able to choose when you get out of here instead of being an accident. Or instead of having, you know, when you die. Are you talking about uh, euthanasia? Oh, I'm, I'm or... talking about uh, you live the life that you want to live until you choose to get out of here. Well, so define that. So is it Tillo, like he said, mobile is kind of his definition of life and up and at him. Once he becomes, for all sake purposes, like crippled or can't do activities of daily living, is that when you choose to die? And is that okay? Like most people would say... I mean, you can probably discover another life after that, doing different things you didn't know. Look at Stephen Hawking. Right, exactly. Uh, so is that okay he to choose? He chose not to do it. 
No, I'm well, saying... He choose, like, he didn't choose not to walk or do anything again, but he yeah. chose not to end it. Right. He chose not to give it up. He chose to keep going in his life and, and have faith in whatever else may... Like, technology. Basically, he spent his time because he couldn't um, articulate outside of himself. He was thinking about how to fix it. Yeah. Right, but would you, because there would be that crisis moment when somebody's not able to do something, do you give them the ability to make that choice at that point? Or do you hold off until it's at a reasonable point down the road where they've, they've discovered, okay, maybe there's no hope for whatever they wanted to do? Or, so they're beyond the crisis, the initial right, crisis. Right, because I feel like most, point, most people at that initial crisis point would just make an impulse decision. And say, okay, yeah, if I don't have my bearings on me, I don't have my full memory and full, full working, I, I don't want to be around. Like, that, that, I feel like that's most people, but I, I feel like there can also be a purposeful, maybe, like some people live in the 90 and five years they live in a nursing home. I, there's still five purposeful years that they could have, I True. think. I can see that. Uh, so what are, your, what are your thoughts on, like, giving people that choice? Because that's what I was kind of reading from that. Uh, I believe if you have the choice to live your life through means that uh, you're making decisions on your own, all right? So like you're, uh, you're able to function cognitively, you're able to move around with physical ability, that you're not in pain, that you're not, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that everything's perfect, that's what right. I'm saying. I'm saying right. You're able to uh, deal with what is going on in your life on a way that's okay. As you get older, like you said, as you get older, your brain function starts to go away, and you no longer realize that you aren't the same person that you were. So life is going away from you, and you don't know it anymore. If I could get to that point already, and I'm 90 years old, and I'm not losing brain function because we've mastered what it is to be genetically better that we don't have to die at 90 years old. We've learned how to map the genome, we've known how what it takes to now reconstruct it because that's a thing. Technology is a thing. Oh, I mean, they've been doing designer drugs for years. I mean, if you want to look at, the, if you want to talk about the genome project, they've been doing designer drugs for years. They've been mapping all of these different things, the and markers for Alzheimer's. We don't have to grow old and have these things, that there's reasons to there's abilities that slow the growth in a lot of them. They haven't quite cured them all, but I agree with you. It's a, it's a matter of time before technology does that. Well, I wouldn't even go to old age all the but time. But time and technology move much faster than what we think time does. You are saying that it takes time to progress the technology. No, it I takes would, testing. I would, I, yeah. <laughs> Regulation. I would, go, I would say the rules stop it from going faster. Now, if you talk to pharmaceutical reps, and I talk to a few of them, I'm I know a few. Well, I'm talking about the technology that drives the designer drugs that can be pinpointed to markers for Alzheimer's. Those are taking drugs. I'm not saying that. I'm saying fix the fucking being. Well, you, that's how you fix the being uh, in, in that case. Um, and there are, I mean, look at... Um, Look at Magic Johnson. How long did he live with uh, HIV? Yeah, a while. Okay. I have my uncle and my best friend. Okay. Um, my uncle uh, has had it for 25 years. Yeah. In the beginning, it was a death sentence. Obviously, through a cocktail, it started to 
become longer. Now it's down to like two pills. I mean, uh, for a while, but that's, you know, how my question is, why should you have to do that? We know that we can stop it. We know that the technology is stop what we know that we can find a cure. We know that there's no, there's no reason. I, I don't know that we can find a cure for HIV. If you put enough money in people's brains together. Yeah. Uh, what, a thousand monkeys in a room typing would write a book? Yeah, War and Peace right. is what the uh, old saying is, yeah. I think it goes purpose versus execution because you have cancer research out there, like a Susan G. Komen, where only 5% of that goes to like cancer research, and the 95% of it's administrative. Just running the, right? bit, running the machine. It's, right, just, right. it's just like taxes. Taxes are awesome, and people hearing me say that, it'd be, it'd be weird. I love practice. In, in, in theory, taxes are awesome because they run schools, they build roads and bridges. But what are they really used for in practice? Most times it goes to administrative costs, lobbyists. Right. We should be like, much further ahead. Right. It, it, <laughs> it's bad intentions that end up ruining these good things. And then when people hear taxes, they go, ah, oh, like, I got to pay those. It's like, but if you were paying them for things that were helping you live a better life, not paying for somebody else to be in office, right. or paying for, their, for you to try to get through to them, if your money that you had was paying much, much less of it, let's just say this, yeah. you're paying much less of it to get 80 times more. Oh, you, you wouldn't you complain at all. Right. right. It's an investment. It's not a taxing. Well, and back to the point of pharmaceutical trials and those types of things. I mean, that's all part of the technology behind healthcare. We can We have so many layers of red tape in this country that it's almost impossible for a lot of these drugs to come to market without years and years and years and millions and millions and millions of dollars being spent on waste to get to that point. And, it's just and in the meantime, we have a lot of people die um, because they, they can't have that life-altering treatment. And we have another couple of people who die for testing and we hold everything back for those people who die from testing while millions and thousands more no, die I, I, from just not having it. There's looser rules in other countries. Go, hey, I choose to try that drug. Uh, I don't care if it kills me because I'd rather live a healthy life without it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's definitely some changes that will will come about at some point when it comes to technology and those types of things that'll allow it to be more prevalently utilized in positive ways. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the fact that people are really scared of it. Most people don't understand of technology? about it. Like I, you know, I show up with this stuff, and people are like, "What are you doing with it?" And I go, "Well, basically, I could hack into your life if I really wanted to, but I'm not here to do that." You'd and be so, so bored. Oh, I get it. That's why I don't do it. That's why I don't do it. You don't want to hack into my life. That's why I don't do it. Yeah. No, I, and I don't, so I don't, boring. I'm not saying that I want to. I, I'm hacking into your life by talking to you. That's the thing. You know, we're getting. Let's talk about Netflix. Let's talk about that. Hey, Game of Thrones is starting soon. Very exciting. Is it on Netflix? No, it's on no, HBO. It's on HBO, yeah. Game of Thrones. It's coming up soon. Uh, Netflix, you... there's a good medical device thing. Uh, actually, from one of my hometowns, Albany, New York, they, they, there's more money in medical devices than pharmaceutical, and it's crazy yeah. to blow your mind like how much stuff goes wrong and how much they like they want to resale, a second point of sale on something you think is medical, and that, that'll blow your mind. Like. Oh, is it a documentary? Yeah. Okay. Like, so, Do you know what it is? What the name is? I'd have to go back and look. I've watched it twice, and it's just... It's, it's concerning. Like, you have a hip replacement, right? 
they don't do it the most quality because they plan for it to work five to ten years when right. there's technology out there like you said can do 20 30 years but they want a second point of sale and that's that's crazy when you think about it because you're like you think of the hippocratic oath and you're acting in the best interest of that person at that point and it's not necessarily the, the doctor's faults at all it's it's these companies designing the manufacturers. Yeah, it's it's. I heard somebody talking about that the other day. Crazy. If you were if you were paying the bill, if you were actually paying the bill, if you were walking into, uh, I had both of my knees replaced in 2016. But if I was walking into the knee replacement store and I had to look at the device and go, uh, "You want twenty five thousand dollars for that? I'm not going to pay that." If we were draw, if we were setting the price, they would never be able to charge these things. But when you've got the insurance companies and the hospitals and all these different people saying, "Give you know, where's this money coming from?" That's where the price of a knee replacement device goes to twenty-five grand. It's not worth twenty-five thousand dollars. Not entitlement. Well, it's great. <laughs> it's you know. It's the fact that not everybody needs a knee, but they're going to charge whatever they want for because they're the only person who's going to replace them. Instead of having an open market where a bunch of exactly, well, that's the key. Cars, the open market. An open market. We send them to dealers. There's a there's a show on Netflix called uh, it's from True TV. Yeah, it's called Adam ruins Adam everything. Ruins everything. Yeah. Love that show. It's great, show. love it. Uh, and that car dealer one is a really good one. Uh, they talk about you know that car, what car dealerships are, where they come from, all yeah. that other stuff. It's a great show. And it's like yeah, I uh, when I when I started looking at it, I'm like, we should be able to walk into a Walmart and buy a car and have a price on it. That's there was a time when you could walk into a Sam's Club and buy a car. Really? Yeah. You can walk into buy a Yamaha like a. a uh, car uh, side by side. Oh, really? No. Those are fun. What uh, are those called? The little spiders with the three wheels? Oh, uh, that's the one you're talking about? Slingshots. Yeah. Slingshots, that's yeah. it. Those See, are fun. you didn't have to put gas in your car to get everywhere you're going. And if you didn't have to pay exorbitant taxes. Well, now hold on. If you watch Adam Ruins Everything, you'd know that uh, electric powered cars are worse for the environment than gas powered cars. Until they make a battery that holds on. Also, di diamond jewelry. You ever see Who Killed the Electric uh, Car? Did you see that documentary? So Saturn had this technology yeah. years ago, and they leased out a bunch of cars, uh, the electric cars. They were so efficient, so incredible, that people couldn't get enough of them. They absolutely loved them. Well, who stepped in? Big oil. They're like, no, nah, I don't want that. See, so they caused GM to kill the electric car. I had that conversation with somebody the other day about electric cars, a, a, a mechanic. Said, uh, David Marks and I were talking about the electric Quality car. Auto STL. Quality Auto STL. Uh, what is this, uh, what's his tagline? Excellent service without surprises? That's Something right. like that. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Now you know. You're welcome, David. Yeah. You just hate <laughs> marketing on my part. You're welcome, David. I love uh, you, man. So that's one of those things that we, that we were talking about before. Is how, you know, how do we, you know, what is it about podcasting that really works, right? It's the fact that you can market it. You, you can advertise oh, sure. on it. At $25 per thousand listens. Yeah. Uh, this is brought to you by Quality Auto STL. Right. Yeah. And you do a tagline before. <laughs> you know, uh, and you can, and all he has to do is come and say, here, I want to record this. And, and like yeah. I said, if we want to sit down and he does it himself, we can sit here right here like you just did. Right. Like whatever, I know you can't, but whatever <laughs> your thing. Uh, I have more to tell you on that, but <laughs> if you sat down and said, "Hi, you know, my name is Chris, and I'm this, right. and, and this is, you know, and you did your own promo spot," it would take, you know, ten minutes of our time sitting down or whatever. Even if it took that long, if you had it written down, you'd just be like, "Hi," and you look at the camera and you go, "Sure, hey." You know, like, 
this is why in the rest of use the this to scare your kids before they go to bed at night. Well, this is the ultimate ultimate passive networking because you you have your thirty second intro at most groups, right? And right. You say, hey, this is me. That's what I do. But now you, you can listen to a podcast, and a lot of people are trying to do it. Podcasts like uh, Mike Mike Bone, and I know uh, Rob Treat was trying to get one there. And you can learn more about that person and the different places that they've been and the, the experiences that they have. And you don't have to necessarily get on their schedule. Right. Where you get to connect with them. They don't get to necessarily connect with you, but you're like, okay, wow. Well, he, he, he likes this, this, and that. I mean, that's... That's right up my alley. I should, I should hang out with that guy more. So it's. No, I agree. Uh, I, I dig him. I mean, I love listening to him. I love being a part of him. I've been on a few. Um, I think what's what's cool about podcasts is they can be short. They can be long. You make the decision. Do I want to hang in here? Maybe the nugget I'm looking for is coming in at 54 minutes. You know, um, but as a listener, you can kind of decide. You know what you want to hear. Right. Celestial radio is dying i mean uh, i i actually turned on like uh, my fm stations the other day for the first time in forever and i didn't even realize i had that setting in my van yeah. i was like oh i have fm um and i go to that radio station it's just a barrage of ads and you know it's like two songs i've never heard of before i'm like man i don't want to hear this straight back to the podcast <laughs> you know because we get to pick and choose. I love where technology is bringing us because I think technology is allowing us to tailor our lives to the way we want to live that life. Now, it could, you know, for some people, it could be exclusionary and they'd be like, oh, I'm getting more detached. But I think with podcasts, you're coming more together. Well, it's just like Facebook. You can use it for good or you can use it for evil. Or right? evil. Right, right. So you, like, <laughs> there, are, there are a group of people who there's another civil war because of all of our breaks and differentiations. Because of it, you know, we're starting to see the cracks and everything. And how do we build it? And how do we do that? It may not be a civil war in the way that we thought of the 1865 civil war. It may be something that's you know a lot less, but it's a different kind of thing where the systems do. And I'm not promoting it. I'm saying that people talk about that as a thing. Well, I actually so, saw a movie about that where. Um, Captain America was fighting Iron Man. Is that the same civil? No. Oh, okay. Could very well be. Could very well be. I think that if there's division probably, among that some of the judges, more a socialism experiment. If the Avengers are fighting each other, what chance do we have? Uh, I think that was probably more socialism. <laughs> if you really think about it, Iron Man, Iron Man would be. I think he's all about uh, weapons, weaponry. I mean, that's how Stark made all of his money, killing people, right? Right? I don't know. You know, that's how his dad made all of his money. That's how his dad made all of his money. He's following his footsteps, and his dad taught him. So because yes. he has certain triggers, everything will go back to the exact same thing because he was brought up. Captain America is all about justice, fairness, equality. Because he was brought up in the military. And protecting himself with a very small shield. Why don't they shoot him in the leg? I'm just asking the question. It makes a lot more sense. He's got the shield up here. Shoot him in the leg. What? <laughs> I think Captain America can be killed. I think they can all be killed. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, yeah, you saw that in the last movie. That's right. No, they can't. Um... I mean, I'm a, that's, why I'm a, that's why I'm a fan of Deadpool. Is he can't die. Right, he can't die. He just, right. 
cut off his head and grow his new. That's right. Wade. It's pretty uh, impressive. This is my kind of podcast right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comic books and I are great. I mean, uh, comic book movies, actually. I've been... Yeah. I had a friend, one of my first... Fan movies. of the Batman movies? Yeah. The most recent ones, or are you old school? I like them both. I like them both. We can all agree that nobody liked the Batsu with nipples, though, right? We can all agree on that. Uh, she, uh, she <laughs> they're, they're marketing towards a niche. They were they there. Yeah. All the all the, the flamboyant colors. Who was that? Was that Keaton that had the yeah, nipples? It was. Schumacher. It was uh, but no, which Clooney. actor? Oh, was it Clooney that had the nipples? Yeah. And Maybe well, uh, Val Kilmer, the same director, I believe, did one of Val Kilmer Batman and Robin. Is it? Was it? Was that the one with Alicia Silverstone? Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I compare the Jokers, too, as much as you, you guys can, tra- can compare the Batmans, because it's like, okay, you had Heath Ledger, who kind of set the kind standard. Kind of. I mean, the pinnacle. Right. He set the standard, and you don't want to be the guy after that, so I always felt like um, Jared Leto right now is getting a bad rep, because he's the guy following the guy. Yeah, so pretty he, tough. It probably that's wasn't... also a completely different Joker. The Suicide right. Squad Joker is not the same. No. But it's not it's as a... bad as people make it out to be, because they're the only comparison they have right now is, is Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger. Right. Because well, who's the Joker before that? So it makes it that much worse. Like, instead of a 50 score, now he's getting a 20. Wasn't there a Joker in the early Batmans, too? Who was that? Jack Nicholson. That's right. I didn't like that one. Because it was too cartoony for you? Too or, cartoony for me. But, it, but you know, what? you have to also take into consideration the that Joker's kind of cartoony. And those were all cartoony Batman. It was like the they were taking the TV show and just kind of... And revamp and it darken it a little bit, but it wasn't as good as. No, the Dark Knight series and yeah. all that. Uh, when you get into the psychology behind it, yeah. Uh, there's also some of the other uh, Batman animated ones, the Warner Brothers oh, yeah. ones that are really, really good uh, and have a lot of other in depth stuff. Like, I remember Mask of the Phantasm and uh, Behind the Red Mask, I think, is another one. Yep. Uh, I don't know if Way I... back. I mean, you're, you're going back into the 80s about they're really good. I uh, psychology man, because it got into why he, you know, why he was afraid of bats. Why he got there. Why he uh, was scared of bats and became a bat. Now, how does that happen? Yeah. Go after your fear. Become your fear. Become your fear. I do that every day. Really? What do you do? Every today day? I'm a spider. <laughs> do you do something every day to go over your fears? No, we were talking. We were talking about a similar concept, though. You've you've read the book Eat That Frog, right? Uh, so the concept in this book of Eat That Frog or Eat is it Eat That Frog? Yeah, it yeah. Cameron was just describing this yeah. the other day. Very so the concept in the book is that you know you you've got something you got to do today. It's not something you want to do. Something that may suck in many different ways, but you just got to do it. So if you were faced with the fact that you had to eat a frog and you had no choice, you got to eat the frog. You can either worry about eating the frog all day long and, and push, pu- pushing off eating the frog, but you still got to eat that frog. You don't have a choice. You're going to eat that frog, Keith. You can either suck it up, eat the frog, and then move on and, you know, hey, I did it. It's over. It's done. Now I can enjoy whatever else comes next. Or you can not enjoy anything because the whole time you've got anxiety up to yeah. here about eating the frog. Huh? Can I the I think you got to eat it raw. I think that's the concept. It's, like it's a it, raw frog. It has to be something that you hate. So it's it pretty disgusting. Like if you it like eating frogs, it's eating something that you Yeah, it could be, uh, you got to eat that uh, calamari. you got to eat that calamari. So I guess what I'm saying is that it may be something I hate, 
Yeah. Can I make it something? <laughs> Come on, hey, just that much less. Because right. I, mean, <laughs> I, you shouldn't. I, to me, you shouldn't have to do the things you hate. Well, uh, what are really dislike them in a way? You should find a way to make them better. It's really designed for business people who have tasks that they just yeah. don't want to do, but they have to do them in order to get to that next level or that next step to, to move things down the field. And you know what, when I think about that concept, it's really something we deal with every day, each and every one of us. You know, you, you've got something you gotta do today that may not be the most pleasant part of what you do, but if you just get it done with, everything else seems that much more pleasant, you know, because the anxiety is not there and the fear is not there and the overwhelming thoughts aren't there. They're just gone, done, you erased right? them, you did it. You got them over with. And ultimately, you know, the idea is that you just do it, especially if it's something you have to do every day, you just get to the point where it's become second nature and I'm just, I'm just doing it. It's just happening. But like Tim Ferriss talks about, what can you do before 11 o'clock? Yeah, yeah, Tim, I, you know, again, what, what has he got, the four hour work week? Yeah. And, um, you know, and I listen to his podcast and he's a great guy and he has a lot of really high level thinkers on his podcast and people that, you know, are pretty impressive. That's where I want to get to. You know, that's, I want to, I want. Well, you know, you've, you've got the wrong guy today. No, I started, I started at the right spot. <laughs> I, I started at the right spot. Yeah, you can only get better from here. You can only go up. I love it. Uh, and the more, you know, the more that people listen and the, and the brighter people we get, I'm not saying. Well, I'm, trust I'm me, uh, you got the you know, dopes I'm, listening to this one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we all are dopes. I'm a dope too most of the time. Look, I've been taking advantage of more in my life than I care to uh, talk about. I'd rather that not happen. Yeah, I get I'd it. I'd rather be a smarter person that's, you know, in charge of how my life turns out instead of waiting for somebody else. Amen. And uh, and seeing how it works. And that's the thing. I don't that's think there's anything wrong with that concept of... of designing what you're doing, having purpose behind everything that you do. It kind of goes back to that question I asked earlier. How important is purpose to you? You know, you, you can look at something as, you can look at something as simple as going to a networking group. What's the purpose behind going to that networking group? If you're just there to take from the room, you're probably not going to be there very long because people aren't going to want you around. But if you're going in there with the purpose of helping others, and building relationships and growing yourself as, as a human, you're gonna do really well because you're doing it purposefully. You know, what's the purpose behind you having the podcast? You said earlier, you know, I, just, I was talking and I, I just wanna get it out there. Well, that feeds something in you. It feeds something in your soul that makes you feel better, achieve more. You know, you, there's purpose behind what you do. You know, and it's also easy to look at things that aren't as purposeful and say that's just not for me and I appreciate that I you know we actually live in a city that's relatively passive-aggressive <laughs> I'm gonna say it I'll put it on record it's relatively okay it's very passive-aggressive and somebody uh, I was talking to somebody uh, and they're like man those New York people are just too they're too rude and I said you know what they're not rude they're very honest to a fault. They're very busy. You know where you stand at all times with somebody from New York. That's kind of a refreshing thing. I mean, they're going to tell you how they feel. And they're not going to really hold the back. I don't know how it is in Albany, but you know, oh, I'm talking so, New York well, City. I'm, yeah, so what New York where I grew up, there's more cows than people, but yeah. But no, so like but it's still that way. It was a grinded out mentality. It was you 
kind of stay in your lane and they'll tell you if you're if you're in a different lane right yeah until you get out of the way but i i think there's a beauty in people just being honest without intentionally trying to hurt others it's not like you're going hey you got a big ugly nose yeah, no it's not, not that not it's like people. no i'm not, I'm not saying you're just being honest it's harder for like you said in the, in, a, in the midwestern world where we're all nice and nobody wants to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. Nobody and ever wants to be judged. It's not about hurting your feelings. It's about but they judge others. others. No, I just don't... Uh, I don't agree with that. Yeah. That's, that's all. I just don't agree with it. But everybody else's passive aggressiveness goes, you have to agree with me because that's how this works. And I go... Well, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> so I'm just not going to be passive aggressive about it anymore. I, go, I just go... I'm just aggressively going... Uh, I understand and I hear you. That's fine for you. Yep. And John Mellencamp's got a great song. It's uh, you got to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. Yeah. And I have to figure out what it is that I actually stand for. Because, for, and I, I know I've said it already, I've been told what to stand for my whole life. I've been told that you should believe in this or you should do this. Or you, and I go, if you take the should out of that, you're telling me what to do. Yeah. You do this. You believe that. Just take the should out of it. What, why are you telling me what I should and should not do? For the good of you or for the good of me? You don't know me well enough to tell me what the good of me is. Good point. Uh, well, no, actually. So, I mean, I, I'd retort there with, like, just reading between the lines from hearing you talk, I can see one of your values is self-growth through talking to others, right? So I know that that's one of your values. I, I know just from listening and from what you've expressed. So I think you can get your values out of people just from what they're saying, right? So whether it's self-growth or whether it's aggressively taking business or whatever it is, you you, you can get that out of somebody if, if you actively listen and ask, ask the right questions like, like you are. Don't you think you get to a certain point in life where you should stop telling people what they should or should not do? Yes. I mean, yeah. there's a difference between when I'm when my kids are little and I and I say to them, you should not touch the hot stove, only because they didn't have the sense to not touch the hot stove. But at some point, they got the sense that hey, if I touch that hot stove, it hurts, yeah. right? Well, they have to. Either they learned it because I told them and they didn't do it, or they didn't listen and they did it anyway. But then they never truly had the experience. Right, and I don't know that they should have that experience. It's up to them. I mean, honestly, if they want to have the experience, that's great. At some point, they're either going to trust and believe or they're going to test for themselves. But at some point, I think all of us, I mean, as adults, I don't really, when people say, oh, I'm struggling with this, I never say, well, you should do this. Because that doesn't, I mean, it, it, you'd be surprised how much. Well, it doesn't work, but I would say, I, I would easily say, you know what, if I had a similar experience, I'd go, you know what, Shane, here's what I did, and I can tell you my experience. That if you want to try that for yourself, that's up to you. This is what I did. I don't know if it's going to help you, but here's what I did. I think that's a much better way of expressing to people that you care without having to tell them what they should be doing. That's a strong um, word, I also, should. I also have a lot of people who would say that that's a passive-aggressive way of telling me what to do. Well, I disagree. It's not a passive-aggressive way. It's, 
it's a very clear, this is what happened for me. You can do it if you want. I think if you express the why, like he's saying, with it, whether it's an experience or just kind of a system like we were talking about that other time, like, here's why you should do that. Like, I want you to succeed or I want you to, like, this is yeah. why I want it and this is how it should, should be done. Not just because I said do it. Right. Like, you, your, your accountant can tell you, hey, you should go do that, that, and that. And you may never learn, like, X, Y, and Z, or it's just my accountant told me to do it. <laughs> right. Some but people don't. That's you know, like you said, but not it, everybody cares to have that experience. But at the same time, let's say your account retires or your accountant dies, mm -hmm. it's like okay, now now your the next account has their way of doing things, and they're like, so you oh, probably well. should have learned. And that's uh, right. a friend of mine and I were talking about today, uh, and uh, R. M. Brock Esquire is a loyal listener to the iPod, uh, to the iPod, to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that thing too. That the thing iPod, too. And he said, uh, you know, he said today, I sometimes I wish that I could be better at one thing. You know, like have yeah. like have everything on one instead of having like the jack of all trades thing or being good at a bunch of things. Like, and I go, yeah, I can see where people would think that you want to, you know, focus down to be good at one thing. But in my mind, I like being good at a bunch of things. Yeah. I want to be able to tell you that I don't want to do that. I want to tell you that I've done it, and I don't want to do it again. I've, 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 I've tried it. I liked it. And I would do it again if I didn't have that set of consequences. If I didn't have this thing happen, I'd probably do it again. Yeah. Uh, if I did it again, I'd want it to be a much different way. You know. That being said, I go, there's some things I just choose not to do anymore. I don't want to do them. Okay. Uh, there's no should or shouldn't about it. I don't want to. Yeah. I have my reasons. Now you can tell me all day long why you did it the way you did it to get to where you are and the things that this and the other. There are things that I just don't want to do to get there because I don't want to do those things. That's why, again, I would preface it with you could do this if you wanted. Because yeah. <laughs> right. it, it's never going to be my decision. There are three buckets in life, Shane. Three buckets, okay? And I'm going to come at it from a more biblical standpoint because that's my experience. There's a small pail, maybe the size of this cup even. There's a large one that's maybe an oil barrel size. And then there's an infinite bucket. Okay, Can't even fathom the size of this bucket. Everything that you can control in life will fit in your pail. It's your attitude. It's your decisions. It's, it's small. It's tiny. You have very little control over everything that goes on, okay? Now the second one, you can influence, you know, through your actions, through your words, through the, I mean, you could yell at your kid every day and tell them what a worthless piece of shit they are and guess what, that kid's gonna grow up thinking they're a worthless piece of shit. Or you can talk to your kid every day and tell them how wonderful they are at things and how they, you know, how you care about them and how you love them and they're gonna feel loved and they'll probably be a better member of society because your influence is there. Entitled. They could, but your influence would be one of either positive or negative on that person. Their decision goes back to their bucket still. And then there's a very infinite bucket, and that really is God's bucket. You have no control over it. You have no influence on it. You have no ability to change it. You have no way to make it happen. But most human beings want to try to affect God's bucket when they can't even take care of what they've got in their little pail. 
That's the reality of life. We have very little control, but yet we want to try to control everything. And when we try to control everything, we end up controlling nothing because nobody wants to be around us. Specific is terrific. Specific is terrific. I learned that from my realtor friend this morning. I love it. I'm going to use that in the next meeting. I love it. You know, and as I get older and more mature and maybe a little wiser, I like to think I'm getting wiser, I've realized that I, over, the, over many years, I would often try to change that influence bucket, make people make decisions, which was no good because they never made decisions that they wanted to make for themselves. And everybody, every parent does it for their kids. Every, every spouse does it to their spouse at some point. You know, you want to take the bucket you can influence, but you wanted to make the decisions you wanted to make. Well, that's, that's not true. It can't happen. They're still going to make their own decisions, whether you're forcing them to do it or not. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I would, I would ask you, do you believe in, so like I'm a big proponent of your legacy truly doesn't matter. And when I, when I say that, when all of us sitting here at this table, like none of our names will go past 100 years, most likely. Like nobody will recite our names or know anything about us in 100 years. But our legacy matters in the fact of maybe we influenced one person to make one decision, which had a trickle down effect. Sure. To, to what I would say, you were talking about that infinite bucket, we... Maybe one little thing that we did, maybe paid, bought somebody a coffee, or did, did kind of did this trickle down effect, and it, it affected that infinite bucket hugely. So I would, I mean, I I buy into that yeah. kind well, of way of thinking. I guess my, my thought process with the infinite bucket is this: I have no control or influence over that bucket. Okay, what's yeah, going sure. to happen is going to happen. Is my thought process. The influence bucket you're talking about is that center where, yeah, I buy that person. I'm driving through Starbucks drive-thru and I decide to pay it forward and buy that cup of coffee. And it just so happens that this woman didn't have enough money to get her coffee that day. And she didn't even realize it until she got to the window. I changed her day. I changed her life. And she decided to pay it forward. Next thing you know, you know, you know, you know. What if I, you've done a ripple effect of influence, okay? But the decision was still that individual's decision. But you, but you influence. I influenced it, but I didn't make that decision. I'm talking about making the no, decision. No, we're getting philosophical here. But yeah. But it's like, I, I do think you can have an effect on the infinite world, but you, you yourself don't matter. As weird as that sounds. Like, the things you do, and the little bit like you said you can control, it matters in the bigger picture of things. It doesn't matter to our, our namesakes, our what, whatever business we build, or... Um, even even the connections that we make, it's it's more about the sixth degree. Like you talk about the sixth degree, yeah. Bacon, six, make. The sixth degree <laughs> of like whatever you gave, like that. That's where I think like the effect is. Yeah. Whatever that sixth effect or seventh effect is not necessarily the first thing that started it, but that makes that one much much more important. I see what you're saying, and I get the concept. Um, I still, you know, for me, it's a, it is more philosophical. I don't believe that there's anything I can do to change what the universe is going to do. Um, I think I can change what I'm going to do, and I think that my influence might make a person make a decision. Um, does their decision go on forever? I mean, I don't know. 
But I, I guess my point, and the reason I use God in that, that frame of reference is I feel like oftentimes people um, want to take God and make God whatever they want him to be and make those decisions for him mm-hmm. or her or whoever you see God as. And they want this God-like figure in their life to do what's best for them. Not really have the ability to to say this is altruism. It's not altruism when you're only worried about right. yourself. So, yes. So, and I think that yeah. goes to like a whole other question that I asked you. Like you want altruism to inspire, maybe, attaching your name to it to inspire somebody to act upon it. But you don't necessarily want your name attached to it if you're doing it for the reason of self-gain. Right. Like, hey, look at me. I'm giving away uh, a tree today. Right. Like that's that's not altruism. Well, you know, we went. Ooh, I like that. So, because you're do altruism, and I think he he totally agrees is the the selflessness, total selflessness of of, of a giving act. There there shouldn't be any expectation of self-gain behind an act of altruism. Right. Would Would you agree? No. Well, it's not altruism if it isn't. That's the definition. So you're right. Well, well, no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm right. Uh, no, you're just right on the definition. Okay. But you're right on the definition. Yeah. So, so give me, give me why. Actually, the, yeah. Give, give me your viewpoint of it. Like, but yeah, I, well, I'm curious to hear it because I, I don't disagree right. that you can be altruistic and it benefits you. <clears throat> but if you're do, doing it with the intent, and intent's hard to gauge in anybody, right? But if you're doing it with the intent to get something back... I don't believe it's altruism. It's it's you're doing it, um, whether it's a marketing ploy or different things. It, then it's marketing. It's it's not true altruism. It's like the person who goes to volunteer at the soup kitchen, but the entire time is taking yeah, yeah, selfies. Yeah, Look at me volunteering. I'm volunteering because they want the affirmation of the like or the click. At the, self, at the soup kitchen to get soup. What's that? What about the one who volunteers at the soup kitchen to get soup? Well, that's self gain. I would say that's not true altruism, right? I mean, that's. that's I mean, by definition, it's not. But I'm not, I'm saying, I I guess my I think where where you were going and where I guess I'm I'm a little lost on it is, if you're doing it to benefit someone else, with only the thought that by doing it you gain something, that's not altruism. Right, and you can still take selfies and promote it. But you should have the intent, and like we, like I said the other time, intent's hard to gauge. But you should have the intent of inspiring more people, maybe like to come to the, uh, yes, whatever it, event it is or uh, project it is that's helping those people. It shouldn't be for your brand, your self gain, uh, whether it be material or or business or otherwise. Because then at that point, your intent becomes to grow your yourself. And not not in a good way. It, it's to gain material things or. What if it's while you're growing the need for that particular thing? Oh, then then that's I think that's going back to what if you're growing the need for let's use an example let's say crisis nursery. Yeah, no, really we do crisis. Nursery. Yeah. So crisis nursery is awesome. If I go to crisis nursery and I donate a bunch of stuff and I put it out there to inspire my intents to inspire people to donate to crisis nursery, I think that's the best thing in the world. I'm doing it to kind of get my name out there and just say, hey, look at me, I'm I'm donating. That that's, that's and it rubs anyway. Uh, 
Well, so like I said, well, intent, intent. Is, intent is hard to gauge. It is hard to gauge. It doesn't matter. Result. Intent doesn't matter. It's the result of what you do. The decision. That's what. That's the whole thing. It's the decision. To so is there an altruistic act. act in your mind? What's an altruistic act? I mean, I'm very curious because I don't even, as I'm starting to listen to all, us talk about it. Right. <laughs> okay, so that, again. <laughs> that took a turn. So if I stood in front of you and took a bullet, that would be an altruistic act. Be, if you took a bullet to protect me. I could no longer me, feel good about what I did. I could no longer, I could no longer rationalize. I could no longer think. I could oh, so no you, other you're not saying death in the terms of I'm just going to die. No. It's, it's if I put my life in front of your. That's if, the only if I jumped in front of a bullet for I you. That I think would be altruistic. Because the rest of it, I would have to live with the consequences of doing. Everything that I do, I live with the consequence, whether it's good or bad. You, in listening to you, were saying should and shouldn'ts. Every time I hear a should and shouldn't, I ask why. So every time you would you would describe things to me, you would throw in your opinion of your should and shouldn'ts right. in there, and I go why. Right, because I'm looking at it through my lens as yep. Chris and as yeah. you are. Um, I think you're dealing a little bit more in absolutes, like a sieve. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no. Um, like Did I you say like a Sith? Like a Sith. Like a Sith. Like a Sith <laughs> Listen, Darth Maul. Like, Darth Seth. Darth Shane. Darth, Darth Jedi, <laughs> Jedi, 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 regardless. A Jedi is right, a Jedi, that, that's regardless. True. Regar- that is true. No, that, and yeah, hmm. uh, from somebody that's There's. called Jedi. Mm-hmm. Right. I, yeah, I can, I can agree with that, but I would say... Agree, you will, Keith. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm not done. <laughs> no, but absolutes, I think, like like we were saying, in the gray area of whether it be censorship or rules, uh, an absolute line draws, I mean, if you're so going... you know, you realize that you're talking an absolute to me, said Lord, and talking about altruism, you're talking about an absolute. You have told me non-stop now that altruism is this, <laughs> I'm this s- and this. You should be this and you should do this. I am the Sith Lord of altruism. Yeah, that you give regardless. <laughs> that, is, that is an absolute. You, you, you defined it in absolutism to me. Absolute you have. And all I did was turn around and make a seat. Well, no, but we're discussing the gray area. All I did was throw gray into it. Well, no, no, I was by asking why. This is not you the altruism me you look a for. Sith. Yeah. You, you degraded me. <laughs> I didn't thought you were degrading me. I'm not going to let that happen. He like will it. not All stand for that. He's sitting for it. Now. No, no. I love, I love, I love it. This is awesome. Um, I don't know that he was degrading you. It's pretty no. impressive to be a Seth Lord. I'm just going to no. tell you that right now. No. If you've watched the trilogy. But no, going back to intent, so I think. A Jedi is a Jedi, regardless. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, pretty impressive stuff. But I think that greater area we talked about that, that's so big in, the, in this whole discussion is intent, right? So, I mean, like that, that's my gray area where like I put absolutes to it in the gray area context of thing, which, is, which sounds really weird, right? But when you're... Trying to make sense. Of right. You, you, you're like, minutes. well, it's like somebody shooting a gun, right? Well, it's, it's the person in an army defending the country. We might view that, but we... View that that is a great thing versus not always. Well, well no, no, from the standpoint of uh, whether it's like murder our, or yeah, right. exactly where I was going. Like a military troop versus just a, a, a murderer on the streets, just right. doing it for their their own self gain. Those are kind of the same actions with different intents, right? That's why breaking the law isn't always breaking the law. Depends on who's calling the shots, who's telling you that it's okay, and where you're doing. 
It's not, a, it's about authority. It's about who's in charge. It's about who's telling you that it's right or wrong. Well, who's the authority? Who's your authority? I know my authority. Right. I've been listening to other people's authority for a long damn time. But do you give them absolute authority? So, no. like, the U.S. government's not my absolute authority. I give them a lot you of credit. it's treason, right? I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm not on record saying that. No, it's not treason, by the way, because we live in a republic. No, but no, I mean... You have freedom of speech. Right? That's you, right. You, you follow Nice try. Nice try. You're welcome. Uh, you, you, give you. A, you give that <laughs> power to give most of the rules, right? So you don't... You abide by most of the rules, but you don't abide by every rule. Like, like we were going back to our first thing. The thing so, is, when all this comes down to it, the rules won't matter. Because when it comes down to it, you will fight your way to life. You will find your way through... You know, it comes down to you won't lay down and either die or whatever. So if it comes down to revolt, if it comes down to anything, you'll find your way and your purpose in it. You'll stand up for yourself and you'll go, hey, me first. Because when you get hungry or you get thirsty or you get down on your luck, you're going to fucking stand up for yourself and go, <clears throat> me first. And the passive-aggressive bullshit will go away. But do, do, you, do you think that? So, like, like, I'll take something as simple as your podcast, right? So... Would you say your podcast is for for you? Yes. Or, so it's for you only. It's not for the people listening. Uh, it is for what? What's the first priority of the of your podcast? What, the what first is the priority mission is to get me out. Okay. To get me out of me. The second part of that was to go uh, learn about other people to see why I'm different from them, to figure it out, and to, and to get out and meet people and do other things. Get okay. to know how they live their lives and go, okay, I either agree or disagree with that particular thing. But you would say it's not just only for you. Mm. It, uh, it helps me probably more than it would help other people. So I, I do agree with you in the sense of some people say me first, but I think they'll say me first in the sense of their family, right? They'll say, let's take let's protect my family first let's get them fed first. and it goes to like my god first. god yeah. family first. uh not country I'm, I'm yeah probably something not, like that but but what what order do you prioritize in it's like like for me it's god family country right for other people it's like I, and i don't judge country family god other people mean to have their own yeah order. they're all going to have their own priority right so that that's that's neither here nor there it's just it, I think when people say me first, they see me first in the context of, okay, me first with this in mind. Me first in with God, family, or, or country. More times than not, those three will come into priority before just the random stranger. And, and that's when you, I think you know when you found a good person is when they prioritize that stranger into their family. I saw a good quote the other day that, I'd like to think I live by all the time. I don't know that I do, but I'd like to think I, I, I at least strive for this. Um, and it's not the greatest quote because it's still a little, eh. um, but it's uh, it basically goes to the saying of uh, the best of us do the most for those who can help us the least. Because there are a lot of people that are only concerned about helping someone because they gain from it as opposed to cons being concerned about helping someone with no possibility of gain from it. Right. Kind of goes back to your altruism, kind of comes back to your priorities, you know. Um, I heard it's a 80-20 rule. People are the most helpful people, the least. 
Yeah, I mean, you can look at it any way you want. I mean, but I don't even have to have the most to help the people that have the least. Or the person that can do nothing for me is another way to look at it. Uh, I mean... Or little for you. Or little or not. Yeah, where I'm not worried. The concern of what they can do... Well, the concern of what they can do... Right. The concern I have for what they can do is is zero. I'm not concerned whether they can or not. My intent, take care of them. Not worried about me. So I'll give you a perfect example. I, I, I drive Uber and Lyft. It's kind of my thing. The rideshare guy. I'm passionate about it. My cousin, I already told you, killed in a car accident or killed by a drunk driver. Um, I drove a woman the other day. She, she lives in a very financially poor part of town, if you want to call it that. I mean, I'm, trust me when I tell you, I can tell the economics. There's no trickle-down economics in this neighborhood. Um, and uh, her, I had to take her to get her car fixed, or where she was picking up her car from being fixed. And um, I mean, I, she had to call an Uber because she had no other choice. So I'm driving her, and um, she, we get over there, and she's like, "Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a tip on the app." And my immediate thought, and exactly what came out of my mouth, is, "No, keep that. Take care of your family, because that one or two or five or." Whatever dollars that she would have given me have zero impact on my life. I, I, they're not going to change my life by a dollar or two or whatever it might Actually, be. They did change your life by a dollar or two. No, Shane, they didn't. I'm not going to argue with you about this because I know what it is for me. You can't argue about what it is for me. It did not change my life in any way, shape, or form. Didn't make me better, didn't make me worse, and no impact. But those one or two dollars could have made an impact for her. I don't know if they did or not. I don't care. I want nothing extra from her. It's bad enough that she has to have unreliable transportation. Those things bother me. You know. I think it was great, and I thanked her. I said it's very sweet of you. You don't need to do that. I know it's the whole don't look a gift horse, but you also have to take into consideration that. Tipping is not something people are required to do. No, she said she wanted to do it on her own volition. I understand that, but it's. Be- I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. Sometimes you got to be good for people, not good to people. And, and it's not that I'm trying to do this to say the story to make myself feel better. That's My point is. Again. Well, again, I'm not trying <laughs> again, to say this story. Okay, stop. You're telling. You're saying. You're. That's what you're saying, though. No. You're sitting there saying that you have to tell people what's best for them. Not in every situation, but I, I would say, like, my, my personal philosophy. So, like, I'm inter- inserting my opinion, right? My intent, I would say, I want to do the best by people for them, not necessarily always, like, what they want, right? Because a drug addict would, hold on. So, a drug addict would see, like, they want the next fix, right? That's and you. If you give that to them, you're not necessarily doing the best thing for them, right? True altruism or doing something for them would be giving her a ride for free. Wait. Kind of repeat that. I never said I was altruistic. No, I didn't say that. That's not what I I said. I'll be right back. The best thing for her would be giving her the ride for free. Well, in what sense? So. Are you saying the best thing financially or the best thing? Because what, and I don't want to put words in Chris's mouth, so I think he was looking out for her best financial interest and her going forward. I think she could have 
got more use out of those five bucks than Chris would, right? She also probably could have gotten more use out of five bucks by taking a bus. Well, that's her financial decision. Mm -hmm. um, so the rest of them are her financial decisions, too. Correct. Uh, you could lead them in the right direction, correct? I get that. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, th I think we're on the same page, and I, I like this. And seeing the value of what a dollar is to the value of what a dollar is is what it is. She may not, may understand what the value of her dollar is. Well, and yeah. And see so how it impacts her in a way that says, okay, yeah. Well, and hopefully it, it inspired another action from her because she sounds like a, a nice lady. And then on top of that, I mean, you have a positive impact and positive feel that you're doing something good because that's how you decide that you feel about it. Maybe that causes you to do more good that day or just maybe in a selfish way, you you perform better all that day because you feel better. You're not, you, you've done an act of kindness, right? So like, and I mean, maybe- So you believe in random, act of, random acts of kindness? Absolutely, and then I was talking on a, on a selfish level, you- well, people might, get joy from that. Right. You get a joy, yeah. and then maybe you perform better the rest of the day. So, like, maybe you need to start your day with an act of kindness each day. So then you can feel good about it and make the rest of your day better just because it's, like, like it's something personal. I mean, to give you an idea, what I do is I list three things that I do for somebody every, every day that I go out of the, the, the way to do. So, and I, I have to list those three every day, kind of look back on it and say, okay, I did good today, and it kind of push, both pushes me to do good things, and then on top of that, it makes me feel good at the end of the day that I'm doing an altruistic act. I don't think there's anything wrong with being self-aware of what you've accomplished or what you've done. Right. And I don't think it's, I don't think in that case, it's a situation where Keith is sitting there going, me, 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 I, 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 look at what I did. You're not jumping in people's face. You're not sharing your journal with everybody. This is journaling, right? Right. And, I mean... I think there's a difference between that and maybe you know standing on the rooftops and saying, "Look, I uh, look what I did today." You know, there's. What if you did neither? What if you did neither of those? There's nothing wrong with being self-aware. Um, if you did neither of those, that's uh, your choice. I mean, it has nothing to do with anything other than that. I don't think it makes you less altruistic by doing neither of those. No, but I guess what I'm saying is that. What if you're doing altruistic things because you make yourself feel better and other things are getting done? You just don't have to yell about it. You don't have to say anything about it. You're doing it for a reason. Yeah. You're doing it because it makes you feel good, period. Yeah. You, you, you just said yeah. acts of kindness regardless right. of what it is. What well, if you're Shane, doing acts of kindness to yourself? Do you know people that... If you write down three things that do act of kindness to yourself first, instead of taking care of other people and helping them feel better about themselves... Make yourself feel better so that when they see you, they think, oh, he feels really good about himself. I can feel good about myself, too. Not by giving them parts of how you feel good about yourself, because then you're just giving away yourself to make them feel better. I'll let Chris answer that, because I haven't really thought about it in terms of self-giving. So that's, yeah, I mean, it's just always been, like, I've always considered giving, giving to others, because... Like I've always felt, if you give to others, you'll get back, and I don't, I don't worry about the return. A cliche return on investment, right? Um, I was always worried about what can this person benefit from it. What can, what can inspire the next person to do that good act, and how, how do, how does it change the, the world? And that, 
it sounds really cliche, but how does it make the world a, a better place than when I woke up this morning? Well, I could talk worse. about it. I mean, let's talk about the, the duality. Well, make, make it worse? Let's talk about the duality of that situation. Okay. Number one, I believe that you can give to yourself and benefit others by giving to yourself. Yes. If I'm not healthy, if I'm angry, if I'm frustrated, if I'm all of these things because I've taken no time to care about myself, uh, I might not be here to make any kind of an impact, number one. Number two, uh, if I'm not really trying... bad advice. Huh? I'm giving really bad advice. Yeah, I, I could be coming from a really because bad I'm place. Angry yeah. And all the things I, that so if I'm not doing some things to take care of myself, if I'm not feeding the machine, whether intellectually or physically or whatever it might be, in order to be able to show up at my peak performance, I'm probably not going to be able to influence anybody in a positive manner. Okay? We all know individuals, we've all met individuals that wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire unless there was something in it for them. Okay? That's not an altruistic person in most cases. They are only concerned about themselves. Um, I'm not saying that we are that... You yourself on your fire, though. <laughs> I'm not saying that we are those individuals, but the only thing that that person would care about would be what's in it for me. And there are people that we've all met that only think, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. um, and I would consider that we're probably not that group that's sitting here having this podcast right now. Again, that's an absolute that we're saying that everything's in it. So, yeah, you, you asked the question, like, how, have you thought about how it makes it worse? Well, no, and you, and you could retort, like, the, the road to hell has been paved with good intentions, right? Right. Well, but if you live your life thinking about every bad thing that's going to happen because of your action, you'll take no actions, right? Like the butterfly effect? But if right. you don't think about the bad things that could take place because of your action, you only think about the good things. You're taking the same butterfly effect, you're just using it in a positive manner. Right, but you got to be self-aware to the point where you know the relative effects of what you're going to do to something. So you, I mean... It, but what about the non-relative effects? That, that the fear of the 20% at the bottom or the 10% at the bottom, that could go wrong. What about the 10% at the top? It could go really, really right. But you're staying in the middle of for no reason. Right. You well, now you're talking about the likelihood or the odds of success of something. I mean, there's a different conversation that's going on well, here. And I would say in practicality, your act of kindness. So, like, you say you walk out there and buy somebody a coffee. The likelihood that they're going to throw that coffee across the room at somebody while it's scolding hot and burn them is very low, right? You would, you would hope so. Did they ask for a cup of coffee? Maybe they, maybe they were just... Here, I, I bought your tea, right? Yeah. I asked, so actually, I asked for my tea. You bought it. But no, I, I bought your tea. I, did I, I buy your tea? Did I buy your tea? Yes, you did. Okay. I ordered it on Do you know why I bought your tea? Uh, to be nice. Exactly. No other reason. I don't. I, I have nothing to gain from you on that. You also asked me beforehand. I said, yeah, do you want tea? Yeah. No, you okay. said, do you want coffee? Or tea? Whatever. Oh, jeez. No, 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 who's arguing with everything? We're gonna, are we going to do semantics here? I asked you if you wanted something. You said yes. And I... You said, I want. said, do you want English breakfast? Here, I'll go through the whole thing. I have the memory to go through the whole thing. You said, yeah, yeah, I think I will have something. And I said, okay, great. Well, you know, if you, uh, do you want coffee? And you said, no, I don't, I'm not coffee. I said, okay, well, you tea? And you're like, yeah, I take tea. And I go, great, they have English breakfast here. Hey, do you like caffeine? Oh, I'm not a caffeine. Oh, well, I can't help you. You need to talk to them. So that's when I sent you up to the counter while I created my tea for me. Then I came up to the counter. I said, hey, they take care of you? And they go, yeah, and the girl was having a hard time with the register. She couldn't decide which way she wanted to go. Uh, she finally went over to the other register and got you all rung up. She said, oh, you want to pay for it now? I'm like, yes, I want to pay for 
for it now, so I paid for it now. I bought the tea. Fast forward now, so, so let me finish. My point is, I bought that tea not because I thought you could do something for me, because anything. I bought the tea because I thought I was hosting this, and that's what a host does. Okay? So, in my world, in my way of thinking, I'm just buying you a tea. Now, if you sit there and you think to yourself, why is he buying me a tea? Is he buying me a tea because he wants something from me? If, if, you know, if somebody was doing that, I'm not saying you. I'm saying if somebody was like, he's buying me tea, he must want something. Um, they've probably been burned a lot by people who have done nice things for them. Right? No. Because the person really wasn't doing a nice thing for them. They were doing something for themselves. I'm saying that if we do random acts of kindness, whether we pat ourselves on the back privately uh, because it makes us understand that that's an important part of who we are, the integrity of what we are, our structure, or we stand from the rooftops, any person can do whatever they want. That's the bottom line. But the, here's the bottom line. You do things because there's a purpose. If you don't know that purpose. I know the purpose of why I bought you that tea. I thought I was hosting this. No. <laughs> Psychologically, the reason you bought me the tea is to get me on your side. Not at all. Yes, it's a gift. And the first thing about gifts, especially in food or things that we want, is to get people on our side. Man, you so are jaded, this, dude. This psychology. Psych Shane, I gotta tell you, I think you're very jaded, you man. You can call it whatever you like. Psychologically speaking, this you can call it however you want. This is a gift. I accepted a gift from you, which in, ingratiates me to you. Uh, see, I would have paid it. I was raised, you host, you take now, care of. Now, what you missed is that she was putting it into the computer and charging it to this room, which hadn't been paid out from the people before. So I could have had a free tea and they paid for it. But well, your will came into it and offered the tea. I'm grateful for the tea. I am grateful to you. And thank you very much. But the I'm not, I never, my intention, again, was not to get you on my side. I was hosting this event. I paid for the room. This room cost me $24. Okay. I was prepared to because <laughs> yeah. I was hosting hosting the event. It has nothing to do with with making someone grateful to me. Okay, it's the fact of the matter is when you host, you take care of things. That's how I was raised. That's your intent, and he believes your intent's different. So this is really fascinating. It is fascinating yeah, because like, do people often take advantage of you? Yes. Really. Every day. So let, let me. Not on purpose. People do it regularly. Do do you People think? People try to shift their focus to get what they want all the time. We. This is the basis of this conversation. Whatever this is, you're shifting your psychologically. You are playing games with people, and you don't know it. We don't know it because we're trying to get what we want all the time, and so you do it by forcing people and manipulating them into doing, into making you feel good, into doing what you want. See, now, to me, I'm just going to tell you how, how that sounds. It sounds like you've got a glasses half empty kind of attitude. Because I don't believe that people are constantly doing things to manipulate me. That sounds like an absolute. Like, do you, do you believe that all the time, or do you believe... Or is it occasional? I believe that your brains are doing it regardless of whether you know it's happening or not. I believe that the monkey inside of you, the, the animal inside of you that doesn't know that it's making decisions and being affected by other people's words are reacting to things and you don't know it. Interesting. I, I you don't... are reacting to the, the systems that are out there and people playing on you in ways that you give, take it. Now you say, I give. 
I hear you got taken. You can you can view it that way. So we're we're living the stories we tell ourselves, and well, so why, why why don't you tell yourself the story of you are being raped to bad people instead of being taken advantage of? Because those are two different stories. Same same set of actions. Depends on when you tell the story. I can tell the story that I'm being great to good people beforehand, and then afterward the story changes to hear I did great for good people who took advantage of. But you said you think that happens always. Uh, I think it happens more often than I give it credit for. Okay. But you, always is kind of always. Always is a long time. Yeah. Do you believe in good people? Yeah. Do you believe that people can be... I, th I believe people have good intent. I believe okay. people have good intent. Whatever that intent is may not always be good. There's not. There's a different. You have to look at things from different no, vantage I, points, and sometimes yeah, you have to look at good intent from a bad vantage point. No. You, know, you wanted to buy coffee for somebody. I'm just. I'm not you. Yeah. Anybody. Anybody wants right. to buy coffee, right? You didn't ask me if I wanted coffee. You asked me earlier, "Do you want coffee?" No. But if you would have brought me coffee and set it down in front of me, and I didn't want it, and I put it back on you, and I just went, "No," you would go, "I bought you coffee," and I go, "I didn't ask you for coffee." One. No, I just think you're an asshole. Right. <laughs> because I didn't accept your because I didn't accept But that's your not what it was I think we're kind of mincing things up here. Um, if I walked out there randomly and just bought a cup of coffee and brought it over and sat it in front of somebody and said, Here's coffee and they were like, I don't want coffee, I wouldn't think they were an asshole. But if I said, Do you want coffee? and they're like, Yeah, and then I brought it over and they acted that way and they're like, oh, I don't know. Then I think they were an asshole. Well, and you'd probably what, if, what if you said, you know, I want to buy you a cup of coffee, and I go, no. And you go, I really want to buy you a cup of coffee. And I go, no. Um, and then you go, can well, I buy you something else, then coffee? And I go, then you're just pushing the boundary of I don't want to be bought something. You think, well, maybe I can buy him something that he wants. I don't really want it. Well, I think somebody like Chris well, or I, myself would go, and I don't want to speak for you, like... Maybe that person's doing it out of pride, even if they don't have the financial means for the coffee, right? Uh, that, I think that's the only time some, somebody well, I, like myself would I think we're talking about societal terms here, too. I mean, if somebody says, hey, do you want something to drink, Shane? And you go, no. I just say, no, thank you. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. No, thank not you. Not everybody is that way. Mm. Mm, not everybody mm. is that way. Yeah, you are correct. Those on the spectrum tend not to be that way. No. I, I get that. You, I'm on the spectrum. are not that way. Um, again, maybe it's a part of, you know, how you were raised, what manners you were raised with. If somebody says, would you like a cup of coffee? I say, no, thank you. I go, no. Well, it's cultural. It's regional. Like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, I mean, it's like take your shoes off inside, right? Like some houses have those rules, others. Right. Something. That I understand, you know. Well, well, some other houses, like... It might be customary for you to keep your shoes on so you feel comfortable. Uh, right. My house, uh, tile floors, it's cold. Right, so. I have hardwood floors, it is cold. You are correct. Same. Keep yeah. your shoes on. I also on. have a dog. Yeah. And he's dirty. So the, keep the, those the, last, shoes. The, the last thing you want is Harry Socks. Andy. Harry Socks. My last podcast interview, uh, Andy, our house was like that. Come in, take your shoes off. And I was wearing very uh, difficult shoes to take off, but I was like, yeah, that's your rule. Fine. Did I want to do it? Of course no. not. No. I mean, didn't want to do it. Uh, did I find the need to? Did I care to? No. Uh, could I have left at that moment or said, we're going to do this outside? 
Yes, all of those things I chose not to do, which isn't necessarily for my good or uh -huh. my not good. Uh, no, it's pretty I good because you wanted to, to have the podcast. Yeah. So do you? So have... I follow the rules for my own good. Do you, do you have a need to do good? Yeah. Do you, do you feel like I mean, like an instinctive need? That's to a good question. Do good in the world. Like, I know, I, I feel like I always owe something to the world because I've been taken care of. It's kind of like Gary Vaynerchuk says, I was born a human, I was put in America. Like, I'm, I'm in one of the best situations you can be. So I'm thankful for it, and I try to Give pay, it, pay it forward, right? Yeah. So, I mean, is that kind of how you view it? Or, I mean, is there, uh, like, I guess what I'm asking is, like, there's something that you feel you need to do in order to achieve a level of good? No. Okay. Uh, I believe that um, not doing bad is good enough. Why? Well, what's the definition of bad? What's the definition of good? What's the definition of bad? Well, so bad to me is doing things to be detrimental to another. So a lot of people tell you that um, I'm a good person. I haven't killed anybody. So is their litmus test everything up to killing someone? Well, no, I'm just saying they've said I've never killed somebody. Um, so is their litmus test I can do everything up to killing someone? Yes. They believe that killing someone is the worst thing. That's the worst thing you can do. Right. So uh, anything below killing someone on the list is fair game. And if you're a Sith Lord, uh, the absolute of that being the worst thing, and that's the thing that... Right. Yeah. You're right. Everything underneath there is just great. Yeah. It's all it's all interchangeable. So that's if you put good or bad. That's if you put death at the top of the list. Would you, you say that good or bad are relative to the individual? If you took death off the top of the list, you just not death, killing, murder, right. killing. It's and different. You put, uh, selfishness at the top of the list. Yeah, you could say I, I'm a good person. I've never jaywalked. So anything below jaywalking to them. And what does that level at jaywalking? So that's far? their determination, right? So back to Keith's question, do, do you feel like you need to do good in the world? I feel like I don't need to do bad. Okay. So you're neutral. I try to stay as much as possible. So Are you I'm asking the questions of opposites? When I, when I throw in... You well, know, no, I mean, you, I what do you why, define as good? good? I'm going to a point here. What do you define as good? Not being bad, not detrimenting, or not okay. causing harm to another person's life. All right. How can I not cause you harm to your life? Oh, a myriad of ways. the fuck out of it. A myriad of ways. Well, going, going deeper into that, so are you an idle person? So do you do you prefer not to do anything, or do you like action? Because you're, you're a believer in all your actions have a consequence, and they do good or bad, and they have an intent, and regardless of your intent, they have good or bad consequences, right? So do you like action, or do you like idleness? Uh, I like action... I like action. I don't like inaction. I don't like uh, the... the um, I knew I liked you. I don't like the not doing. For the uh, Idleness and action are not actually opposites. Action and inaction are the opposites. Uh, idleness can be spent... I spend a lot of time trying to be idle where I think about myself, where I think about what I want, where I think about how to get there, what to do. Do you meditate? Yeah. 
where I sit inside myself and I try to unscramble all of your other bullshit because I've been fed by all of your other bullshit my whole life. And I, I, I'm looking at you, Keith, right. when I say it, but I don't mean you. I mean no, you. Like everybody. Yeah. yeah, the, the world. The infinity world yeah. out here is the thing that has been influencing me in that way. And I go, yeah, but I may not like it. What's in here is different than what I've been influenced by. And I go, okay, well, until I listen to that thing, until I think about it and have the conversation with myself, not with you fuckers, me, and I start to listen to it and I go, wait a minute. Bastard just took advantage of me. Because in my head, I was being nice. I was being the thing that says I have to fit in. And when I go back and look at it again, I was the thing that was taking advantage of me because I was nice or I was out of my way. And it took my time, it took my money, and I got very little in return. And I'm the one still moving through life. I'm the one still moving forward. Nobody gave back to me. I gave all that. Now, what have you been giving back? What has people? What has society been giving back to me, right? I've worked for my food. I've worked for my place to live. I've worked for everything I've ever had and lost. Nobody's ever walked up to me and gave me a thousand bucks or a million bucks and been like, here, that's for you. No one ever walked up to me and said, here's a nice girl. I like you, Shay. No one ever, no woman ever just walked up to me. I had to convince them. There's a problem there. Is there? Yes. Why? Because you don't like me. You no, like no, no, no. I'm not talking about her. I'm saying somebody giving you something. Do you feel like somebody owes you something? No, no. What I'm saying is that no one has. Okay. Nobody's I ever given you anything. But it sounds like you've been burnt. Yeah, it sounds like you've been screwed. Who's? I mean, has it been something all your life that's, that's happened to you? Does people have just taken advantage of you? As I look back on it... Uh, you know, they would say no. Well, I don't care what they yeah. say. I'm asking you. When I look back on it, I go, yeah, I gave too much. Okay. I got too little. And that's with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers. With, and, and you just always felt like you gave and gave and gave, but they never, yes. there was no reciprocity. There was, there was less than uh, equal reciprocity. And so I guess, you know, when I look at balance, thing, like, it's not about just me giving it. But if I give 50.1%, like, yeah. Can we come back with like some imaginable number hmm. of like what somebody gives back, right? right. Like you don't have to yeah. say forty nine point nine percent. Whatever is relative. It's something yeah. in something. return for what you're giving out. That's why I don't believe in the altruism. I don't believe in just giving out for free. It doesn't work that way. You give something of yourself every time you give. You give away something. Most people take that and walk the fuck away. Okay. Question, What's, what does altruism have to do with them walking the fuck away? That's their decision. Yes, but that's what I'm saying, is that when you give too much of yourself, when you give away of yourself, it takes you down to little, and everybody's taking a little piece with you as you've given away, you've been a good guy, you've been a nice person all of your life. Me, I've been a nice person, I've given my time away, I've given my... That, that, that doesn't necessarily give us a sense of joy. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily return to me this it, thing that says, um, because people argue, people fight, people do all this other stuff, because it's not what they want or it wasn't enough or you didn't give enough to them. Your church is an example. Be on more boards. You didn't give enough. What you did wasn't enough. I was on the board. Oh, no, of my what I did was more than enough. No, I was on the board of my company association. I'm running my own company. I'm doing other things. And 
every day I would get emails about doing more until one day I called somebody and I said, hi, I'd like to talk about this. And she went off on me and said, I think you need to do more. And I go, this phone call is me doing more. You're asking me now to stop doing this more and give you more of what you want. Nope, I quit. But do you quit? I have too many other things to do than do with your more. This is a volunteer position. I'm not taking your money. I'm sorry. If it's not enough for you, go find somebody else. But, I mean, do you put the onus on yourself because... Like, I, I, I have a company to run. I have other things to focus my time on. Right, but, like, we were going back to the altruism thing. It should make you feel good whenever you give, a, give away. Um, because, like, when it gets to the point of somebody taking advantage of you, um, I mean, you can decide to mean feel bad about it like or like, cut it off like you did cut it, cut it off um but you can still feel good because i mean you're either the bigger man or whatever you you kind of picture you can justify it. Right. right and you're you're still done great things regardless of that, that other person standing they might be a lesser person so to speak for for taking advantage of you and doing those things but you should you should feel that much better about yourself from like Oh, hey, I gave to a person that necessarily didn't deserve it. I mean, that should make you feel that much bigger about yourself. And I say should, right? Uh, but could. could. How about could? could we'll or, use that word. But uh, Does it? For yeah. you, personally, do you get joy out of helping people anymore? It doesn't... I mean, from everything you've said, it'd be really hard for me to, to, to think that you get joy out of that anymore. Right, just because it's... Because you've like been burned. No, I didn't. Nope. I didn't ask about their joy. I said, "You, do you get joy yes. out of it?" Yeah. Awesome. Okay. You would be Good. surprised at the things that I get joy out of for doing for other people. What are some of those things? I'm kind of curious. No, so like. Um, what are some of those things? Yeah. You want to know one of them? Yeah. One of them. You want to know one specific one? Sure. One that like, and it might inspire some somebody on there listening to you sure. to to do that same thing. All right. That's why. I just spent two hours and 47 minutes with you two, for free, having a good time talking, recording this, spending my time with you. This is an altruistic thing. I don't have to be here. I didn't have to choose to be here. I didn't have to bring any of this stuff. I didn't have to sit here. I didn't have to do shit. But I did. You sound angry. I'm not. I'm you not do angry. sound angry. Am I wrong? I'm just point making a point. No, but I'm, I'm passionate. I, I'm is it passion or anger? Oh, no, I'm asking you, is it passion or anger? It's passion. Okay. It's about the fact that I like doing it. I like being nice to people. I mean, all I three of us, I think, could say the same thing. Yeah. I'm, I spent how much time? Two, Two hours, hours and 45 minutes. 45 minutes sitting in a room. Yep. Didn't have to. Giving you content. Um, and it's also helping you guys. I will. I hope that you having you out and getting a link done and all that other stuff. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not selfish. I don't think that this is a selfish act on anybody's part. Right. I haven't asked you to put any money or time into it. Right. I didn't ask you for anything. You asked to sit down and do this. This is not me asking for anything. I don't even have to give you the link to it. I don't have to do anything with it. This is just me recording. Right. Right. I sat down with you for two hours and 45 minutes for nothing. Just to hit record. And to have time and to learn. And, and learn, did you get joy different. out of this at all? Yeah. I know I did. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 joy. it's intellectual. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not joy in this way of like, 
yay, I'm happy about no, Oh, no. I learned, I learned how to be a different human in the world. To, you know, yeah, there's different thoughts. Like, you guys have different thoughts and actions about the way you do things. I may not agree with them. But as my friend Ryan M. Brock says, uh, I'm not the smartest person in the world, in the room. I can learn something from everybody in this room. I totally it agree with that. It does not make you better than me because I'm learning from I totally agree with that concept. We talk about that in our meetings, that we do a thing called Let's Collaborate uh, the third week of every month, and we bring a topic to the table. That could be any topic. But the beauty of it is, whether somebody's been in business for a week or 20 years, we all have different life experiences. And chances are that topic, you've had an experience with it, you've had an experience with it, and we can all learn from each other. I believe that to be true. I like that thought process. Because there's no way, I, if you get to the point where you think you know all this shit, you're probably six feet under the ground covered in dirt. Well, yeah, and everybody you come in contact with can add value to you selfishly, but you can also add value to them, whether it's like a multi-level marketing or whether it's a lender, whether it's a realtor, whether it's a network. Yeah, any like, walk of life, I think you right. can, if, you have, if you're willing to have a conversation. There, there's something they can give to you and something you can give to them. And Would you say the art of conversation is dead, gentlemen? I believe texting has taken it to a point where people just don't have any idea what they're saying. Well, I can't read it when they say it. I, I don't believe it. I believe they're completely out of context. We're, we're in the best of and worst of times for conversation because things like this where everybody can see it and connect, even if they're not in the same room as us, yeah. That's awesome. Like that blows my mind. It like faces the people. It really is. But then at the same time you like you guys were talking about we have texting out there and you can't tell the mood, you can't tell if there's a face behind it. I mean you have emojis, but unless you put context to it, right. sometimes it can be misconstrued or um, even short too. It, like it's a conversation killer where as if we're in the same room and we're doing different things and we look at our phone thing. Like there might be another conversation that happens just from somebody passing by or like looking at uh, the weather outside and it leads to the next conversation, the next conversation versus if you ask a question, I press, okay, conversation kind of ends. Yeah, right? it's over. Thumbs right. up. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like my, my, my former boss was notorious for that. As soon as you saw the thumbs up, that's like, he didn't want to talk. He was done talking. Right. Because like, there's no response to the thumbs up. It's just, yep. good job. Thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, there we go. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of thumbs up. I don't like texting. People call me. We text. I would uh, much rather talk on the phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll do it if it's things like, here's the plan. You know, <laughs> but I'm not, I don't do that. You want to hear something that's interesting? My daughter, 22 years old, would much rather have a conversation than text. Because well. if she's an anomaly in her group, trust me, none of her friends are the same way. But she's like, I'd rather hear what somebody's saying. I'd rather know the the passion or the, the, you know, how it's coming across. Are they being sarcastic? Because it's okay if you're sarcastic. I just want to know. She goes, sometimes you can't tell with a text whether there's sarcasm or loathing or hatred or, you know. But, you know, most of the time when you're talking to somebody, you can tell, I mean, hey, there's something there in a conversation with a voice and a face. And, yeah, I like seeing the fact that she likes to have those conversations because uh, she said none of her friends do. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of sad. It is kind of sad. I'm a big fan of talking. I'm a big, you know, writing stuff down, 
there's a permanency writing, written word. Oh, so yeah. When you write it down, you mean it. You, yeah. you, when you write it down out of yourself, you mean it. That's a, that's a thing that you're putting down there. Well, you've think of... it down or you've done whatever you needed to do. When you speak it, you influence people. Yeah. When you say it to people, you have a way to look into them and go, this is how I feel about it. And the feeling part of it is what makes us humans. It's, mm -hmm. it's, we have emotion and feeling, which are two very separate things. They're, they're not, we tie them together because we use the same words, but they're not the same feeling. Feeling is how your body actually reacts to something. It's a, an actual feeling inside about how things work. And <clears throat> if we put them together the right way, you go, oh, look, I'm, li I'm listening to my feelings, right? And I'm putting them out there, and I'm following my feelings. My words are following my feelings out. I mean and I feel like this. Mm -hmm. A lot of people ask me, you know, like you said, is that anger or is that passion? It's I the same thing. Mm. It's the same thing. I'm, I'm putting myself behind it. I'm putting that feeling of anger underneath it. Yes, it is a feeling. But it's that passion underneath it that's coming out going, I don't, I don't like this anymore. I, I, I'm changing it. I don't like that outcome. I didn't like where it was sending me in my life. So I'm making changes to make it me not be that person that I don't want to be, the one who follows along and the one who doesn't like the outcome of following along. So you would say you're happily angry and passionate. <clears throat> I'm happily making angry changes. Which is... You know, it's like, it's like the Incredible Hulk. I'm, I, I, I can myself to the Incredible Hulk more than anything. Uh, when the Bruce Ed Norton says, Incredible uh, Hulk or the Mark Ruffalo? The Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> where, he, where he looks at Iron Man directly and goes, I'm always angry. Yeah. It's basically the same thing as the Edward Norton one. He's always angry. How do you use it? How do you point it at the right thing and make it worth your while? How do you how do you antagonize the right thing to make it work for you? Because if not, then it's following you. So if I talk to all of my angers, if I talk to all the things that are my problems, and I point them out, and I point them out to other people, right? And I go, I take credit for the fact that. I believe this, fuck you if you don't. And people go, well, how do you do that? And I go, it doesn't really matter what I think you think at this point. It's about the fact that this is what I think. And I, I believe that you think what you think. But you don't believe that I believe this. Let me ask you a question, because of what you just said. Uh, I want to get some clarity. Do you have to say fuck you if you don't? <clears throat> I mean... I believe what I believe. What would you prefer me say? Um, I believe what I believe. Fuck you. Huh? Yeah. Sorry to say it again. Um, I believe. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> so that's not that's not you're you're using a separate set of terms to try to get me to believe what you believe. No, I'm asking you a question, and you're not allowing me to. You're trying to make some sort of an object point or satirical point out of what I'm trying to get to, does it matter on the fuck you side of things? Because here's the deal. I believe what I believe. Is it just an exclamation point? Is it an is exclamation it, point or do you like, fuck you? Is it to get, uh, like, give a negative connotation to make somebody feel a certain way about your point? What What is the purpose of those words in your wording that... that sh that it needs to be in, in your message. It's okay that it is. I'm right. not saying it's not. No, I, you are. No, I'm not. I'm trying to understand. Don't, don't tell me what I'm thinking. That's absolute. 
<laughs> I get it. Is it a punctuation mark or is it truly you don't give a fuck what other people think of what of you? That the 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 best way that I know how to explain this. There was a time in my life where I felt as if everything that I said came out as fuck you. That I didn't have any other words to allow that to come. Okay. 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 So I held everything in because I wasn't allowed to say fuck you. I didn't allow myself to go that far. So I held everything else back because I disagreed with. Okay. And I don't want to have to explain myself all the time why I disagree with you. You believe what you believe. I may not agree with you. Yeah. The only way that I know how to tell people to stop telling me that they believe what they believe, I get it. You believe it. So where's the need? Where's the need for you to tell me what you believe? No, no, no. So the, the no, no, no. to explain yourself because this was like your I, statement. Yeah, this like, is what I believe. Fuck you. That's what you said. Like if I say, I, I so I'm trying to understand why the fuck you part. Because do you need that? Does it make you? There's a no. <clears throat> no. Uh, at that point in time, when I'm spitting it out. All right. So when saying it, yes, it was to make a point. It was to prove. Uh, yeah. To add an exclamation right. point. To okay. Add, uh, to add the I mean what I'm saying. Gotcha. Uh, so understand that this is what I mean, what I say. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm putting an exclamation point on the end of my. Head I don't because, th I, because I don't because really. People will always fight back. The thing is, is uh, even if I put an exclamation point, on it, people fight back. Even if I draw lines, people fight back. So why can't I just say? So you don't strike me as the kind of guy that needs to tell him fuck you. You'd be surprised how many people do not want to listen. They yeah. do not want to. Who who have to put their on anything that happens. Well, and it's weird too, like you said, people mostly fight back, but it's like in talking. I mean, we've been having this discussion, but there's a lot of stuff that we we agree on, and it's like we see see it in the same way. It's just we see two different lights of it, right? The light you're looking at it from over here, I'm looking at it from over here, and no one's saying it's bad, right? Or, or that it's wrong, or exactly. It's just but but you're finding that most people. Chris, you're you're wrong about that. You're you're finding that happens. That happens. People say that to you. They're not having that intelligent discussion where it's like, yeah, I see it that way too. But like, and and maybe that can be considered pushing back. That's that when you say but, that's the lie. Everything before the but is getting me to like you. Oh, would would you consider that? Oh, uh, I think that's a pretty manipulative thought on your part. Not anybody else's. I can say to you, I can see your point, but this is my point. Because I can see your point. I'm more than willing to open myself Did up I to seeing you your point. point. It doesn't matter if you asked me for my point. Well, we say that, like... No, I'm, hold on. Okay. It doesn't matter if you ask me no. for my point. I can give you my point anytime I choose. You can choose to accept it or tell me to fuck off. Your call. Okay? That's not pushing back. That's somebody sharing. You see it as pushing back, though. You, you kind of said you that. I see you as not accepting me for what I am. I see you as, as why would I change it instead why, of accepting the fact that I believe the thing that 
I believe. And so you're trying to but get you told me that your to you told me your podcast was so you could understand I people. Am, I am understanding other people. That doesn't mean it's also for them to understand me. It's also for me to talk. That was the point of it. For me, to yeah, God, for them to understand me as well. I get to know you. We talk. But don't you think everybody's going to have a different view of you? So like. I'm going to think one thing, Chris is going to think another, and then the next person, and then maybe your brother sees you in a different light versus maybe your aunt and uncle sure. view you differently. So, I mean, no, no one person is going to have the same viewpoint as you. So everything i got to imagine, they'd say, yeah, Shane is like this, but. So would everybody be fighting against you at that point, or is it just kind of their spin? That, that's where I, I want to see like, so, like, your, your viewpoint of it, because, like, I, I totally understand if, like, I, I, know I don't want it to seem like, oh, if you're with me, then you're against me, that type of thing, because I, I can see your point, it's... But it does kind of come across that way. So, somewhat, but I, th I think you have the ability to, like, decipher that out where it's, like, like, Chris and I are not here to totally take advantage of you, would you say that? Yes. Right? So... But we took your time. We took what, what, whatever resources you took in getting here. Um, so I guess where I'm going with this is, like, do you, do you view every single thing around you as viewing you different? And if so, they're putting their own spin on how they view you, so it wouldn't be accepting you as you want to be accepted. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Okay. It's, uh, but does that if you if you were to stop and listen, like if they were to stop and listen and accept somebody, some anybody, including me, for who you are, then you would stop your butts. You would just go, okay, thank you. Instead of trying to tell me what you are too, and I get it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not. What I'm saying is, I would learn who you were through time. You would either not be around me, or mm -hmm. you would be around. You would choose to stay or go instead of going, I like you, but I want you to be like this so I can be around you. See, that's that's like passive aggressive. That's where I, like my, my line in the sand is that. So like maybe versus like trying to think. Like I was going to use the comparison like that coffee color on the, the, the thing right there is green, right? Okay. But it's a it's an offset of green, so no, you green you right, and maybe a colorblind person views it as gray. So like we'd all view that maybe a different shade, and we would all have a different opinion. But I think it's like I personally think it's important to accept those different. Like you might say it's teal, I might say it's green, he might say it's gray, um, whereas another person says it's blue entirely. So different things. So there's not necessarily a wrong answer. There's more wrong answers than others, but I think. There's no right answer, actually. Well, I think you can have a more right. So, like, we're getting to that gray area again. You can have a more agreed upon right. You can have a more okay. agreed upon right. I agree. So, you take a poll of how many people call that color whatever they call it. That would be the more agreed upon right. What would you say that color is? I would say that uh, that color to me is kind of a moss green. But I might be off on that. Say it, what would the manufacturer call it? See, that's the, that's the authority. That's and the, the color. Right. Everybody else is just assuming. So. Yeah, they might come back and go, well, that, uh, that's uh, peacock foot green. Oh, it's peacock foot green. Because they have the uh, trademark on peacock foot green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a, a sea foam or... Right. 
Right. right? Yeah. It's because the authority called it this, so that's the agreed upon right. Everybody else calls it that. Other than that, it's your opinion as to what it is. I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody sharing their sharing their opinion. I think where we run into issues is when somebody decides that their opinion is more important than yours. Mm -hmm. Or it overrides what I believe. Right. And some people find that their opinions are facts, and opinions are not facts. Facts are facts. And if you go to research them, which we do now, yeah. because Google is a thing, uh, you can research a lot of these things. Right. You can understand what psychology does to people. You can read books and see, and there's people out there teaching. In other words, education isn't in the hands of the people in the, in the schools. You don't have to have a degree to say that you're good at something. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a jack of all trades, or a, I like Renaissance man better. I have a lot of things that I know how to do that I've learned along the way. Blacksmithery? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> do you believe we run into a lot of problems when we believe? Because like you have a lot of facts that are true, but they're put into... False narratives? Right. Like yeah. statistics are the best example of it. So they'll use statistics to get their point across when necessarily it's not... like. 75% of the world is X. water, right? Yeah. right? So that means it's going to one day impact, impact us, which probably will, right? But I guess where I'm going with this is you can use statistics to tell any story you want. And I think the story being told, whether it's used with true facts or not, it, it ends up being whatever becomes. That's the fact, is the story. This, the story's true no matter what because the facts were true. And I think that... Taking responsibility for facts is more important than putting them off on other things. So like, yes, yeah, 75% of the earth is water. And one day, maybe, the water will reclaim some things, right? But we're also the most smart thing, I know the words didn't come out, Engin ingenious things on the planet. We should have, should, we can figure out how to keep the water from engulfing. So take responsibility for ourselves instead of putting it on other things. Like God will soak up the water or soak up all the land with water. That's not a thing that's going to happen. God doesn't want to soak up all the land with water. We are screwing up the planet by melting the polar caps and burning gas. All the other things that we're doing as humans because we live in our own little self-righteous, unhappy, comfortable places. Right. Instead of thinking about what's actually good for everybody. And I think most of that be common sense, but then you get down to, like, the war against straws, right? So you have yeah. the war against straws, and they use those facts like, oh, these, a million straws get thrown into the ocean. Okay, that's nothing compared to, like, the six-pack holders and all, all these things actually wreaking havoc, right? And then the landfills that we have, and we still use them on a regular basis. 60% yeah. of the time, it works every, every time. time. Sex Panther. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, we've been here for a while. Let's put a cap on it. It's been good. You did ask me before we started, before recording. Uh, yes. Am I mobile? No, I wasn't recording at the time. Yes. I'm mobile. Uh, I can do up to 32 channels of individual microphones recording all at the same time. Very cool. Uh, I can record this, uh, you know, anything, different microphones, different things. We can go anywhere to do it, basically. We're sitting, we didn't start this podcast by telling anybody, but we're sitting in the colonies. Uh, we could have done it sitting at a table, we could have done it anywhere. Don't give them free press. Uh, so, <laughs> so let me ask, as people are listening, you know, if you'd like to be on the podcast, if you want to get a hold of 
it. You know. uh, online at www.angelaudio.me. You can get a hold of me. Uh, there's email, there's contact information, there's all that other stuff on there. And there's this website under www.angelaudio.me slash podcasts. Uh -huh. This will be on under that thing. So you can okay. find them there. Cool. They're also on iTunes. Uh, they're soon to be on Google Play and Spotify and Switcher. Nice. So we'll be on all Congrats, of them. man. Well, let's talk about the thing that I found amazing. What does it cost to work with you? Because that's always the, the first question everybody asks, right? Yeah. And yeah. that kind of amazed me. So why don't you talk to that? Uh, so bit. advertising works in a couple of different Podcast advertising works in a couple of different ways. You get to add in, like at the beginning of it, I get to talk about and make it an organic thing that goes along with the podcast the entire time. So the entire time it exists, every time somebody listens to it, yeah, they hear it. Yeah. it never goes away, it never gets taken out. The other one is they, you send it to a service, and the service adds in ads that they think your people are listening to. Mm -hmm. So you're not really getting to, you're not doing your own kind of like, where it points, they kind of throw it in. So you're not, not everybody gets the same ad either. Right. So like, your people, like... Whatever people, they search. Yeah, it's all based upon the cookies. Yeah. It could be other things, Facebook right? ads. So I like having control of mine. So for... It averages out to be basically $25 for a thousand listens. So That's pretty inexpensive. Right, and, and effective. Which means yeah. the more that you put out, though, right, the more that you hand out the link, basically you end up paying more money for it. Right? But the more that you hand yeah. out the link to the fact that people are getting your thing, you're, it, so the more people are getting in, and you're still getting in at 25 cents a listen. Right. right. So you're, you're per engagement. And you, you figure, how, how important is that passive relationship to you? Is it worth a quarter? I mean, to me, I mean, I'm, I'm doing that all day. And, and yeah. you never know who's listening. Right. You never know who, who's listening to any of this. And like I said, somebody may like you and may like what you're doing. They may like your personality, and they call me and they go, "Hey, uh, I know that Keith couldn't advertise about this, but what's he do?" And I go, "Oh, he's all personnel stand clear, all personnel stand clear, all personnel stand clear, all personnel stand clear, all personnel stand clear." This security interruption to the podcast is brought to you by Story Vault. Story Vault, where your loved ones' stories can be securely stored and then viewed by those you choose. Story Vault. Securing the memoirs expressed by the cherished. Just works for yourself. You have a buzzer for your. Ears. But you're not actually. Keith, you work for beep. Can you act? Can you not do that? This is a thing, though, for people to know. So, like, as you come on the podcast, like, you know, regulatory wise, rule wise, that there are certain follow rules that you have to follow to say that you can and cannot present yourself in this fashion to these people without something in return, right? Right. There, there's words I can't say because of company rules, not necessarily... Yeah, you didn't say them, though. I didn't. Re regu regulatory rules. I said it. So, you, I mean, uh, well, I don't know that I can be featured on something that... That breaks the company's yeah, rules. Right, because I could... I could Coach you to say X, Y, and Z, yeah. right? But I, I get myself in trouble that way. So that's it's. It's easier just to stay out of it, right? Right. So I don't even try to discuss discussing it. Yeah. Um, so I stay away from that discussion entirely. So that whole thing has to be. <laughs> so you couldn't use this particular medium 
for your no. benefit no, I, that I you can use it personally for yourself. Yes, yeah, so I like I can talk about me and ICAG and the philosophical things we just talked about for four or five hours and no problem. And, and if somebody likes you on the basis of your personality and what you say, well, that's a stretch. That's to tough. To do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I thought you've been standing up for yourself fairly well. And the fact of all of this, you've been standing up for yourself. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's you've done better than you think you have. I think you've done better than you think you have. And cutting yourself down by saying you're not sure why people would like you. <laughs> Shouldn't have. No, I'm, I'm always self-deprecating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I quit that. Yeah. Oh, no. I yeah, Keith. Quit that. I, I just used the should earlier. You should you quit that. In my mind. I do it too. And I, I'm, a lot of times when I say shouldn't, shouldn't, so I talk to myself. I, I do. I go, you shouldn't do that. Because I hear myself. Well, if anybody's had an overbearing father, that, yeah. The whole should yeah, thing I'm, is tough. I yeah. get where you're coming from, yeah. man. Learning, because, learning how to use the language for our good yeah. as opposed to for our bad. So when I say fuck you, it's not always bad. It no. You just, people hear it. People hear it as a negative thing, and I go, you didn't hear it right. I'm just trying it's to figure out if it's right. punctuation. But now I've been around people that's like, you know, or the whole, uh, how about the one, if I were you, I would. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're not me. But you could say, hey, this is my experience. You could do this if you chose to. That's a totally different approach. That's more, you said it, it seems passive. I think it's softer. It's not passive, but it's softer than saying I should. Know, I don't know if I need to be softer. Sometimes you do. Yeah. Depends on the audience. You got to read the room. Well, that one of the things that you know, we'll talk about, and if we want to keep doing these, you know, we can set up doing like a weekly thing where you guys are a monthly oh. thing where you come in. Oh, that's kind of fun. You know, talk to people about uh, we'll get some people yeah. Have some other people in, sit down, you know, getting too many people in a room to try to record them without having actual microphones in front of them yeah, is a very difficult thing to do. So this is fairly easy because we're picking a bus and I can do it and I can edit this fairly easily. Yeah. If we sat down with a group of people, I want microphones like in front of them so that we can just record everything and I can go mute, mute, mute. Like later in the editing, we go back and just yeah. cut out where well, things are. I'm now. thankful you can edit all this. <laughs> Because it's like, trust me, they're very regulatory yeah. on that. So Anytime, oh, yeah. Any, anything even concerning yeah. that. So I'll go through and listen to it and take it out. Yeah. We should do some uh, recorded intros and outros. I want to know. Hey, uh, everybody, it's Chris Lay, and I'm here today with uh, Keith Collins of, of Keith's Lasso Sales. That's right, the finest in lassos. Everything from traditional rawhide lassos to hemp lassos to, oh, I don't know, reed lassos. Boy, this guy's got all the lassos. So if you're into lasso tricks, you need to come on down to Keith's Lasso Emporium. I just changed the name right in the middle of the spot. Business change. <laughs> Are you? Do you really do lassos? No. <laughs> he was doing pretty good. At, he had me convinced. I mean, doing lasso. If I ever do, I have, I have the setup for it now. Yeah, I, you're right. If you decide, yeah. you know what, hemp is a thing, and I want to make it a thing thing. Uh, you're an Uber and a Lyft driver. I, I drive Uber and Lyft. I'm Can your you your rideshare guy. Can you push I can rideshare? push, sure. You can find me online at yourrideshareguy.com or on Facebook at yourrideshareguy. And uh, yeah, I can, I can help a lot of people with a Does lot of stuff. Uber and Lyft, like if I want to ride, can I get you specifically? Let's not uh, talk about that on uh, tape. <laughs> so the answer to the question is no. The answer to the question is no.
You can find me on Unless. Facebook or text me. <laughs> yeah. 518-951-9483 if you want to reach me personally. That was Keith. That was Keith. That was Keith. Yeah. So say 518. Hello, my name is Keith. My name, name. my name is Keith Collins. You can find me on Facebook to personally become my friend. And my number is 518-951-9483. Um, please have discretion when texting me. But I, I, I trust most of you out there. I'm a trusting soul. And if you need a lasso, he's your man. <laughs> Don't know about I that. I totally think you should keep that in there. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm telling you, you did a good job selling lasses for you. Yeah, I mean, might have to start that right on High, high Ridge Boulevard. That's one thing I just would want to add in there, too, is I'm passionate about bringing business down to Jefferson County. Um, that's one of the reasons, that, and Chris has really helped me help them down there with the House Springs ICAG. Um, just any Jefferson County business owner, or if anybody does business in Jefferson County, please reach out to me. Like, love to talk to you, love to help your business flourish down there. In-person networking each week down at Slow Odie's. Slow Odie's, Tuesday, 9 a.m. Tuesday from 9 to 10.30. Best show in town. That is true. Slow Odie's is tech, the best way to describe it is behind a gas station and behind the Captain D's. Where, I'm sorry, where is this? House Springs. House Springs. House Springs, there the, we go. The one intersection in House Springs. The only intersection. Can't miss it. You can find us online, of course, Facebook with I Know a Guy slash Gal St. Louis. Uh, you can also go to our ICAG Connect Facebook page to learn more about in-person networking each week. Dude, this was fun. Thank you. I had a good time. Thank you for both for being here. Thank Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Yeah. Uh, in the future... Mm. For Angel Audio Productions and where we're going, uh, we're still podcasting, we're still recording, uh, doing a lot of digital media ingestion. Uh, one of the things that we're looking for is connections in to nursing homes and um, uh, other places for elderly and uh, older people who like to tell their stories. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, to sit down with the camera and find out how to... Uh, not find out. I have a way of getting people to talk, and I want to hear their stories, and I want to sit down with the camera and hear some of them before they go away. So we're looking to get in uh, to places, uh, to set, to nursing homes, to assisted living places, to any places with elderly, anybody actually 60, 70, 80, and above, get in so that we can sit down with you and listen to your stories, put them together into a condensed version so that you can have recorded uh, stories for your family with photos, with backgrounds, with uh, titles and uh, locations. So uh, if you're looking, help us out, find us at angelaudio.me. Adam Smith, if you're listening, get your grandfather on there. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, I think that's amazing you know, to be able to tell those stories because once they're gone, they're gone, yeah. unfortunately. And we're all getting there. The thing is, our stories will be stories at one time, too. So if you started recording now, if you're able to put them down, you know, even some of the millennials, any younger people don't know how this stuff works. It's not necessarily everybody understands technology right. or how to make it look good. Dude, thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Oh, uh, thank you.